Full credit to the boys is brought to you using quality microphones and interfaces from Rode Microphones. Australian owned and operated, Rode products are world-class audio equipment. If you're creating a podcast or making music, you need Rode on your side. Rode Microphones, exclusive audio sponsor of Full Credit to the Boys. This week on Full Credit to the Boys, we review NRL Round 9 2014. A bunch of footballers are scared of needles, and we chat to Mike Eden about Aubrey and Apollo. Welcome to Full Credit to the Boys. Well, hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to Full Credit to the Boys, live from the Craig Gower Quarantine Studios. You can find us on Twitter at FCTTB underscore podcast, Instagram, FCTTB podcast, or one word. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at former underscore legend or search the hashtag massive social influencer or massive social media identity, all capitals. Uh, you can find the bloke to my right on Twitter at Sid Punts, all one word, and TikTok. He's a man who this week handed out flu jabs to bats at the Oatly Wet Markets. He's been in high-level meetings with governments in an effort to get Fernwood gyms opened, and only Fernwood gyms, and tonight he's wearing a Fight Me Mike Tyson T-shirt. Welcome, Sid. Yes, thank you, former. Hello, Australia. Hello, world. What about this brouhaha about Mike Tyson fighting Aussie footy players. <laughs> there was talk that for $3 million, Iron Mike would step into the ring against Paul Gallen or Sonny Bill Williams or Barry Hall. I think you'll find they're all at once yeah. in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> Who writes this shit? Why would Tyson do that? I know he's churned through some $400 million over his lifetime, but I'm pretty sure he doesn't need to put on a fight against Paul Gallen at Rudy Hill RSL <laughs> for a $3 million paycheck. But so I, uh, I went down a rabbit hole, former. Well, uh, we're on the topic of Tyson. Mm. I, uh, as I am a serious journalist, I was researching this. Um, here's the top five things Mike Tyson wasted $400 million on. Was number one Don King, because it should be. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you. Five. He w- was spending $100,000 a month on jewellery. <laughs> Four. Because he can. He was spending. <laughs> he was spending two hundred and thirty thousand a month on his Siberian tigers and trainers for them. Joe Exotic. Three. He was spending two hundred and forty thousand dollars a month on expenses that he explained to his uh, accountant as walking around and flexing fees. <laughs> I've got no idea. <laughs> Just two hundred and forty grand a month, pissing it away, walking around flexing. I don't even know what that means. Number two. Two. There it is. $300,000 a month on garden maintenance. Yeah. Yeah. I heard uh, Hollyfield had a similar problem. I think it was Hollyfield with his former um, uh, mansion. Yeah. He built this $40 million mansion mm-hmm. that he's now just sold for something like $7 million to <laughs> rapper Rick Ross. But part of the problem was the upkeep for his gardens, gardens yeah. and uh, pool, was something like $100,000 a quarter or something. Yep. Well, $300,000 a month Mike Tyson was spending. But the number one thing he was wasting it on. One. He was spending $400,000 a month on his fleet of, what would you think? Planes? 
Helicopters. Wouldn't be boats. It was a fleet of pigeons. Oh, he loves the pigeons. $400,000 a month on pigeons. He also once Wendy. <laughs> He also once spent $2 million on a golden bathtub, which you would hope included an overhead golden shower for that price, maybe from Robin Givens. <laughs> and Brad Pitt. This is Brian Henderson. I'm Alan Jones. I'm Vivian Chin. This is Kent Brockman. I'm on Burgundy. The stories that will hit the headlines tomorrow. Did you hear that story when Brad Pitt? Yeah. <laughs> I was watching say, uh, it. I was watching it last a, night. A bit of poo might have touched cloth. Oh, he reckons Brad Pitt absolutely shat himself. <laughs> as you would. Not the face. Not the face. <laughs> Not my beautiful face. Uh, first headline comes from the Inverell Independent this week, and it's um well, Sevens Pete Evans exits from eight hundred thousand dollar My Kitchen Rules roll. Ooh. Uh, celebrity chef uh, Pete Evans has activated his last almond <laughs> with the Seven Network leaving his My Kitchen Rules judging gig and his $800,000 contract with the broadcaster after the hit show tanked. 800000 He's got to be regretting that. That's unders. Um, <laughs> while Seven West Media Chief Executive James Warburton has been busy slashing and burning across the media company in order to keep costs down, insiders say the dismal ratings for the recently brought Broadcast 11th season of MKR, which attracted about half the viewers the network was anticipating, uh, had all but sealed Evans' fate. Evans, who has not responded this week to queries about his future, but doesn't matter, he's been pretty active on social media, he I'm sure be has. Uh, remains on his northern New South Wales farm where he's been managing his media career himself for several years. Uh, sources confirmed on Friday morning that Evans will pursue his own endeavours. See lamps, uh, <laughs> but maintain the parting was amicable. I wouldn't think so. Uh, he has positioned himself as a new age health guru. So have I. Um, what does that actually mean? I don't know, <laughs> but I know Mark Minicello is up there with him. Uh, though he's often discredited health advice has drawn the ire of media and health professionals. Uh, and Seven, in up until now, had uh, tolerated those controversies. Two weeks ago, his company copped more than $25,000 in fines from the Therapeutic Goods Administration, which issued two infringement notices to Pete Evans' chef, Proprietary Limited, about the promotion of a biocharger device, which occurred during a Facebook live stream. Yeah, I was one of those complainants. Um, Not happy? My complaint was, where do I get one? They're hard to find. I couldn't find them in the middle aisle at Aldi at Riverwood. Try Bunnings. Oh, Bunnings. I'll yeah. try there tomorrow. Uh, the TGA received a number of complaints uh, with Evans live streamed his Facebook page, uh, which has 1.4 million followers. Get that. Wow. Um, which claims that the device, which he was selling for $15,000 a piece, so basically less than two lamps, he got fined, um, <laughs> despite it being mocked by critics as a glorified lava lamp, which is very, very harsh, I must say, mainly on lava lamps. Yeah. Um, it could be uh, used in relation to the Wuhan coronavirus, he of said. It can. Uh, the TGA said the claim had no apparent foundation. As I've said previously, Sid, much like uh, Pete's teeth, the only thing faker than the biocharger. Other bold ones on his missus's chest. Um, their website, PeteEvans.com, also claimed the biocharger was proven to restore strength, stamina, uh, coordination, and mental clarity uh, if you sit in front of it for a long period of time, which is what I get when I watch reruns of Aerobics Hostile. Um, <laughs> I think you're being a bit harsh. I love Pete Evans, always have. I was on his site, PeteEvans.com. Go and have a look during the bookmarked, week. Bookmarked, bookmarked. Yeah, I was on there trying to order some products this week. He's got some great products. Uh, <laughs> his supplement range, 
would make the sh- Cronulla Sharks blush. He's, he's, <laughs> he's got everything. Uh, I always go for the uh, beef liver capsules. I take seven a day. Do you? Yeah. Pete Evans tells me that I've, if I eat his beef liver supplements, my liver will benefit. So on that logic, I've ordered you a 20-pack of his horse cock supplements. <laughs> Saying that, if you're having seven beef liver supplements to supplement your liver and make your liver healthier, <laughs> I'm willing to bet the beef liver is actually being benefited at that stage. Um, well, he's no stranger to bullshit claims. I was going to run through a timeline for you. Oh, I fell down a rabbit hole. 2014, in yep. October, Pete claimed the paleo diet can prevent autism, multiple sclerosis, and Alzheimer's disease. Yeah, it can. Well, uh, in March 2015, his book is pulled from shelves due to its bone broth recipe for infants after the publisher shelved the book because the bone broth, apparently not good for kids. Um, Evans released a digital version of his own with an updated recipe apparently based on a formula by the late Mary G. Enig that had been shared millions of times over. This is the same Dr. Enig who suggested coconut oil could treat HIV and AIDS. It can. Um, can. In July 2016, Pete claimed vegan women should eat meat during pregnancies, uh, advising against normal sunscreen and claimed Wi-Fi was dangerous. Does he understand what vegan women... (laughs) Like to eat? <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's not meat. It's a bit odd. Um, he said the silly thing about sunscreen in this rant was uh, people put on normal chemical sunscreen, then lay out in the air sun for hours on end and think that they are safe because they've covered themselves in poisonous chemicals. No, that's literally what sunscreen is for. <laughs> um, in what a genius. August I love this kid. August 2016, he said osteoporosis sufferers shouldn't eat dairy. He claims that it could be dangerous for women not to eat animal fat while trying to conceive and that vegan mothers across Australia um, should avo- eat meat whilst trying to conceive. Uh, they, vegan mothers... Respond- During the actual act? Oh, I'm not sure. <laughs> Jump on top while I eat this uh, eat a horse sauce- liver. Eat a little bit of sausage if you want. Um, <laughs> or a peanut in some cases, you know what I'm saying? Uh, an acorn. Um, Pete released a... I'm sorry. Um, Vegan mothers across Australia responded in droves, really weak droves, obviously, uh, posting photos of their healthy babies and um, articles in Mamma Mia and Kidspot highlighted the ludicrous, uh, unsubstantiated opinions that Evans holds. In 2016, in September, it's been a big year in 2016 for Pete. He was flat out, wasn't he? He claimed camel milk could supplement breastfeeding. Yes. (laughs) Not ideal. No, that's Uh, true. April 2017, he campaigns against mass fluoridisation of public water. In 2018, in December, Pete revealed he looks directly into the sun which obviously makes him cherry ripe to be the United States president. Yep. Uh, in April 2020, his ketogenic recipe book is slammed by health professionals and he's fine for promoting his healing lamp. It's a great cookbook. Um, and get this, amongst all of that, and people, someone went through his whole uh, timeline of um, indiscretions, you might say, and they asked him about it. His quote, and I quote is, any publicity is good publicity. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> he's walking away from 800,000. He must have some coin out of this bullshit. Well, he's got 1.4 million Facebook followers and I think it's just as many on Instagram. So He's a massive social influencer. Yeah. Oh. Much like yourself. Uh, I hope uh, Bryce Cartwright gets some help from him. Speaking of influencers, yeah. this comes from the Mudgy Mirror. Uh, Gold Coast influencer has broken down in tears saying the pandemic has caused her to lose her income 
and she can't do anything else. This is a sad tale. An X-rated influencer has broken down after losing income from the coronavirus pandemic, saying widespread job losses have effect- affected her own income and she has no other talent, which might be true. Uh, in a tearful video uploaded to social media platform TikTok, yep. so she's an idiot. Follow um, me on TikTok. The influencer, who goes by the name Billy Beaver, that's right, <laughs> said she'd been shedding followers on a premium subscriber platform only fans since the outbreak of the coronavirus. So she, she, didn't, she didn't do herself any favours. Are appearing. you on OnlyFans, just out of interest? I've got my own OnlyFans page. <laughs> you can subscribe. Many so, uh, starters? Not many so far. <laughs> <laughs> Mill Ram <laughs> He follows me 98 times Strangely enough <laughs> But uh, she didn't Mill Ram s- 069 <laughs> J Mill <laughs> John Mill Room <laughs> Yeah so Mil- I've got a- Mill Ram John <laughs> I've got 35 followers <laughs> uh, All from the same email address But um, yeah She didn't do herself any favours Did you see her Put out this TikTok Crying She looked horrendous I unsubscribed straight away <laughs> She looked hideous <laughs> Well, um, Ms. Beaver, uh, that's right, Beaver. Yeah, let's call her Ms. Beaver. Who, who has, has more than 113,000 followers on Instagram, said she, same amount as uh, Buzz Rothfield, said she didn't want to talk about it because it's so humiliating stuff, but like everyone on TV is always talking about how like everyone has lost their jobs and like people can't pay for anything anymore. Like I'm losing subscribers on OnlyFans, like my main source of income, like I can't pay my rent anymore. And like... Even if I was to go back to work, like, what am I supposed to do? Like, go and work in the strip club, which are all closed down anyway, she said, tearfully. Um, was a direct... For someone who didn't want to talk about it, she goes on. P.S. That was a direct quote, by the way. Yeah. That was not actually uh, dressed up in any way. They're all closed. Like, all the strip clubs, you can't even be, like, fucking close to anyone because of social distancing. And I, like, have I have nothing else going on for me, Ms. Beaver continued. Uh, I have no other talent which is true. I can't dance. I can't sing. That's never really stopped anyone from going to number one. I can't do anything. So, like, I don't understand what I'm supposed to do. Just a quick uh, question here for yeah. Beaver. Sorry, the Billy, whatever. Um, what was her plans for five years from now anyway, Sid, when people are sick of seeing her fake ass and when cellulite starts to kick in? And, and when she starts crying, looks yeah. like a sook. Look, <laughs> I really do feel sorry for uh, whatever her name is. She says... The Beaver. Uh, the Beave. She says she doesn't know what to do. I think shaved. Because uh, flashing her fanny is no longer paying the bills. She has no other talent. And it must be hard for people realising that although they're popular on the gram, that doesn't pay the bills and they have to get a real job. Gladys at IGA at Oatley, she always tells us how she used to be a hit up on Canterbury Road back in the 80s. Right. But here she is, worn out, stinking of port most mornings. <laughs> And cutting Devon at the deli. We've all got to grow up and bite the bullet. This goes for you too, Gold Coast influencer dead shit. Admit you have no talent. It's okay. You're not completely worthless. Do what all the no talent ass clowns are doing these days. Start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want to get serious here for a little bit. Oh, soon. okay. And all jokes aside. Yeah, okay. As we said a couple of weeks ago, the influencers, well, they're the forgotten victims in all this coronavirus situation. Yeah. And it's hard not to feel sorry for you. Billy Beavers or your Tina Tits Out or your Glenda Gas Shots of, of the world in these unprecedented times. Glenda Gas Shots. Her OnlyFans is awesome. At, at Glenda underscore Gas underscore Shot. Um, uh, and, it's, and it's the trickle-down effect of not having these people pop up every day on my Instagram feed or in the Daily Mail that makes you forget. But uh, you've got to think, how are 16-year-olds going to know what fake tan to use? 
How are 25-year-old single mums going to know which Bali resort to go to? And how are 45-year-old weirdo men that work at IGA going to know which micro bikini to wear by a resort pool? It's absolutely true. I don't know how we lived before the age of TikTok and influencers. Now, surely if ScoMo is fair income, we can get a stimulus package out to these vital members of society, Sid. Vital. And Sid, you were saying to me off air that Billy Beaver stimulates your package. Um, (laughs) So maybe we can all return the favour. Now, this is about the 20th story I've read from uh, the influencers and the effects that this unprecedented global pandemic is having on their industry, use the term loosely. Um, How can we, as a society, wrap our our arms around the Lisa Labias or the Ariana Areolas or the Danny Dixouts of the world? I mean, fuck it. I'll go one step further here, Sid. Good. Fuck the nurses. Mm -hmm. Fuck the doctors. Yeah. Who gives a shit about the frontline workers? Totally agree. Let's make Friday... This Friday, the 15th of May, International Social Influences Day, Sid. Yeah, good where idea. We all get around these wonderful service providers. Let's use the hashtag International Influences Day this Friday. Also, take a photo of your favourite fake tan or even just a dark wood varnish. Uh, put your fake tan out, Sid. Uh, and at 11 a.m., I'm asking everyone to stop what you're doing, go out the front of your house, stand there, and show your appreciation by clapping. For one hour. <laughs> Let's get the whole country in a one-hour round of applause to celebrate these fake-titted, fake-smiled, fake-personality ass clowns. F-C-T-T-B. Next story comes from the Cessnock Sun. Uh, gay porn star is being slammed oh, for attending a packed party in New York City <laughs> amid the coronavirus outbreak. I where you were going with that. Ian Frost. Frosty. The bite, the freeze. Uh, An adult performer posted videos this week of himself enjoying a packed party in the Big Apple where lockdowns have been enforced. I watched all these videos last week. (laughs) Did you? Yep. By both. (laughs) Told you. His OnlyFans page is awesome. (laughs) Told you starting to clock Pornhub. Where lockdowns have been enforced by local and state officials. Journalist Yasha Ali tweeted of Frost's social media posts and he said, in the middle of a pandemic, at Ian Frostock, thought it would be a good idea to post 51 Instagram stories, that's right, 51, of a house party he did last night and early this morning. Sounds like someone might be a little bit cranky there, Yasha. Yeah, didn't someone get the didn't invite, get an eh? invite. <laughs> uh, so reckless, he said, jealously, of the party, <laughs> which appeared to have uh, happened late on Monday and early into Tuesday morning. The videos appear to show Frost... Uh, Frosty the Bite, uh, the freeze, and others dancing and singing in a crowded apartment. Another Twitter user also uh, posted Frost's Instagram footage online, tweeting, Hey, at Ian Frostock, you should be ashamed of yourself. He was feeling a bit of regret the next day. (laughs) Fair bit of regret, I'd say. He felt some regret that night, I'll tell you. Um, Didn't see it, but felt it. Uh, A literal party with a DJ as you flaunt your drinks around. Like, with this uh, pandemic, is no joke. Are you kidding me, you fucking clown? Uh, DJ Alec Bryan. Uh, Sid, your favourite DJ Alec Bryan set you've seen? Uh, not a big fan of Alec. <laughs> DJ uh, Alec Bryan. <laughs> like, where does he perform? At libraries? <laughs> Alec also does your tax. <laughs> not one of my favourites. He just presses play and then sits back. <laughs> <laughs> well, much like most from what I've seen. Um 
he played at the party. He wrote it on the Instagram in an Instagram post on Wednesday that he's been unemployed because of the pandemic, and he found an opportunity to work. He's also unemployed because he's a shit DJ. <laughs> but anyway, keep going. But his name's catchy. <laughs> um, just to clear things up, he said, I was asked to DJ a small house party. I've been taking all precautions to socially distance. I wear a mask and hand washing and take everything very seriously to stop the spread. As many of us are now unemployed, I had an opportunity to avail myself of some needed funds uh, to pay my bills. If I have insulted anyone or made anyone feel uncomfortable by this event, I sincerely apologise, and that was certainly not my intent, he said, in between coughs and sneezes. Um, <laughs> as of Wednesday, Frost's Instagram, Frost, the Frosty, the bite, um, and Twitter accounts appear to have been deactivated, although Frosty's shag is back. Looks to be really reactivated, Sid. Yeah, look, I've got no dramas with this. I am that desperate in these unprecedented times to go out and run a muck at a party I would gladly go to a gay porn stars party right now. <laughs> I don't care what music they played. I don't care if DJ Alex Ryan, whatever man. his name was. Pretty sure they had to get a run. One of my favourite songs. I don't care what music they played or if there were no chicks there. Just to party with the boys would be awesome. And I don't blame the gay community for not taking this seriously. They shouldn't care. Party on. When has a virus ever affected their lifestyle, <laughs> former? Uh, and if just for a further thought on this, I encourage everyone to go and have a look at Joey Diaz's Twitter account <laughs> for his take on this whole party. Amazing. FCTTV. Um, just before we go, it's been a pretty bad week uh, for celebrity deaths, Sid. We've yeah, had it has. Jerry Stiller. We've um, yep. had Little Richard, yep. who, funnily enough, I thought was dead already. But anyway, whatever. Um, yeah. I'm sure I went to his funeral years ago. We had Alan Jones's radio career die today. And yeah, valet. Unfortunately, we also had uh, Roy Horn from the famous magicians uh, from Las Vegas, mainly yep. uh, Siegfried and Roy. Uh, Roy passed away this week, Sid. But um, you were lucky enough to attend Roy Horn's uh, yeah. funeral. Yeah, it was via Zoom. All, <laughs> is all that your the, first Zoom funeral? It is my first Zoom funeral. I've it been was, dropping uh, in on heaps of them. <laughs> <laughs> all the big celebrities were invited. Um, all the fans of. Uh, well, I heard it was a real celebration of the Tigers. I mean, yeah, it was a real obviously Tiger Roy theme. And, Roy and Siegfried are famous for working with Tigers, and yep. uh, Tiger nearly took Roy's life. Um, he saved his life. <laughs> well, yeah, revisionist history, I believe they call that. But um, we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, uh, other Tigers on the Zoom uh, yep. feed that day, uh, Tiger Woods, I believe, was in one little square. Woods, yeah, he was there. Tony the Tiger from the Frosty Flakes. Yeah, he was uh, the top right corner. Tigger. Tiger was there. Yeah. Um, and, of course, the most famous Tiger of all was there, Sid. Um, and, of course, you never knows I'm talking about Robbie Farrer. Yeah, Robbie Farrer was there. And he was only there because he heard Jenny Bouchard was going to be there, but whatever. <laughs> but um, most importantly and most moving was, uh, I believe they got Joe Exotic to yeah, read the Joe eulogy. Exotic. He called in to read the eulogy and sing a song, as he does. Yep. Um, yeah, it was great. I, I recorded it all. Do you want me to play some of yeah, it? Yeah, do that. Yeah. receive a call from an inmate at Delaware <laughs> County Prison. Your conversation will be recorded for security purposes. If you do not wish to receive this call, hang up now. Go ahead, please. Not a day of mourning, but a day of celebration to celebrate the love. And I asked him every day, I said, why me? He said, because God put me here to make you smile, and that's my job. And it didn't matter how stupid he had to get. 
Like if I was sitting there concentrating, they showed us how to on the computer to write a letter to a senator or a congressman or something else, then rub them and rub them balls in my face. <laughs> and everybody that works here knows exactly what I'm talking about because you've seen these balls. They were like golden nuggets to that boy. <laughs> Beautiful words and a beautiful song, Sid. Really, yeah. Are. We all uh, we all sang along. I didn't realise Robbie Farah had such a good singing voice. <laughs> <laughs> it was very touching. I don't thank you for inviting me. And um, obviously, the magician world was also strongly rec- represented there. Yeah, there were a few magicians there. Penn yeah. and Teller. Yeah, Penn and Teller. They were bottom left. But Sid, it on was a Zoom screen. You were telling me it was an open casket funeral. Yeah, it was. But there was it's... a bit of a a bit of a crazy scene there at one stage when the the casket closed. Yep. And then they open it up again and bug me dead, David Copperfield wasn't in there. <laughs> Magic. One last trick. F-C-T-T-T-B Sounds like too many T's to me. F-C-T-T-T-B Yeah, that's definitely too many T's. Well, Sid, another week and another week of no rugby league. Uh, it's now May. Uh, in good news, Roosters still haven't got a win up. But... Let's go back in time. We're back to 2014. We'll go this year. Yeah, no, this I had week. To, had to grab out my old Dell laptop. Yeah. Find, find the old recordings. On uh, your MySpace account, your weekly MySpace yeah, at uh, broadcast. On MySpace back in the day. Yeah. We used to record this out of my garage. This was round nine of 2014. <laughs> Well, we started on Friday night and uh, North Queensland Cowboys were too strong for Brisbane. Their big brothers uh, winning 27 points to 14. Uh, the Cowboys overcame the Broncos in yet another epic battle against these two clubs. Uh, the home team winning by 13 points in front of 21,000 people, all known to police. It was a rare Friday night game for the Broncos, but they couldn't capitalise as North Queensland ran in four tries to two with new supercoach Paul Green at the helm. He's already won this year's Nines tournament, Sydney. He's looking to add a little bit more silverware as they make a run towards the top four. Meanwhile, Brisbane coach Anthony Griffin is said to be on shaky ground with rumours circulating, get this, that the Broncos will welcome back the return of their favourite former coach, Ivan Henjak. Yeah, they're out of sorts, the Broncos. They sit on four wins and five losses and come up against competition heavyweights, the Titans and the Tigers in the next two rounds. So Coach Peter Griffin is on shaky grounds. He has a 53% winning record at the Broncos. Ivan Henjak had a winning record of 56%. Mm. So I think a return to the glory years of Ivan's reign at the Broncos could be on the cards. I think you're on the money there, former. I think uh, much like uh, other uh, coaches with the name Ivan, you'll find that Henjak will be a super coach in years to come. According to Fulker at the Boys' Backyard Stats Lab, throat-punching Paul and his shit bloke cousin, kitten-kicking Carl, uh, the game of the spectacular-looking Jason Talmalola was enormous for the Cowboys. He finished with 41 tackles, 188 running metres, a try assist, three line breaks, 
and a tackle bust. Now, rumours are that mm. the Cowboys are looking to lock up the second-row specimen for 10 years, Sid. Wow. Now, whilst I'm for security for players, surely the Broncos are only signing this bloke because of just how attractive he looks. Yeah, well, you've, got, you've hit the nail on the head there. He's a very good-looking man. He had a great year last year, 2013, playing for the Mackay Cutters. They won the Intrust Super Cup last year. But it's a big gamble. Yeah, it's a bit up, early, surely. Oh, looking up the young bloke on a long contract, he's only played 35 games over four seasons up there. If I was the Cowboys, I'd probably be throwing the checkbook at Matt Grote from the Tigers rather yes. than Tao Malolo. But time will tell. That's right. And I'm I mean, not if, in recruitment. If, they're, if you're signing players just on good looks, Lord knows you'd be an immortal by now. Yeah. Uh, isn't it great to see Ben Barber said looking like he's enjoying footy again? Yes. There were plenty of people wanting to throw rocks at him uh, in the off-season, but yeah. he definitely looks to have turned a corner. Uh, proving he's a real family man, Barber has relocated close to relatives in Queensland, including his partner's family, who he really has a great relationship with. Yeah, I think Google that. Yeah. <laughs> He was uh, the face of rugby league at the NRL launch last year, if you can mm. believe that. That was a good choice. Uh, he had some issues at the Bulldogs last year. Bulldogs CEO Todd Greenberg stood him down without really giving any reasons. Mm. It was a bit strange. Simply personal issues. But uh, Todd has said, and I quote, Ben has lost his way and we need to help him find his way back. He's not ready to play football. He needs help. If he can come out of this a better person, I've no doubt he'll come out a better footballer as well. So I'm sure with Todd Greenberg's guidance former, we'll see Ben Barber clean up his act because um, he is a top bloke. Well, just listening to that quote, there's one thing I like about Greenberg, yeah. and that's he's not economical with words. <laughs> In fact, some would say he's not economical. <laughs> uh, the second Friday night game saw the Sydney Roosters 30 beat the West Tigers 6. In probably the biggest bullshit result in rugby league history, the yeah, Roosters Roosters celebrated a tight win against the Brave Tigers by chairing referees Matt Chechen and Chris James from the field at full time. Over 16,000 latte-sipping fans joined in the celebrations in cheering on the maggots in iridescent green uniforms as they granted uh, six Roosters tries from forward passes to one legitimate try from the Tigers. Michael Jennings and the sad clown Daniel Tupo both scored doubles as the Roosters maintained their top position on the table while the courageous Tigers hang on to the top eight with four wins and five losses. Yeah, we were robbed in this one. Uh, Horribly. Going down narrowly by only 24 points. But I like what new coach Mick Potter is doing with the team. Gone is Benji Marshall. Off to greener pastures in Super Rugby. Super decision, that one. Well, that'll be he'll be hit there. Oh, he'll be a massive hit over there. Uh, in, come, in comes Blake Austin and Joel Luani. Mm. Uh, Blake Austin comes across from Penrith. He's a representative 5-8th playing three games for Portugal. Right. Big, big rugby league. Strong, yeah. Country it's a, it's Portugal. A, well, it's a nursery. Yeah, so he's a ready-made replacement for Benji Marshall. And, uh, of course, Curtis Rowe has kept James Tedesco out of the number one jersey again in this game, mm. which is coaching masterstroke, I feel, for good, Mick Potter. Very good choice. Now, um, um, according to Full Crew of the Boys Backyard Stats Lab, hired hitman Harry and his busy sister hired Hall Holly. The game of Adam Blair was absolutely enormous in this one. Yeah. Uh, he finished with four tackles, 18 running metres, zero try assists, zero line breaks, and zero tackle busts. Yeah, he looked threatening all day, Blair. A great signing for the Tigers. Although his debut season for the Tigers was described as the biggest flop of 2012. Harsh, very and- harsh. 
last year, the Daily Telegraph asked, is Blair the worst NRL signing ever? But he looks happy at the Tigers, and those stats really speak for themselves, former. I expect him to have a long and successful career at West Tigers. Well, you know, like I said, the four tackles and 18 running metres, someone told me from very close inside the Tigers camp that uh, Blair is on a um, contract purely based off tackles and running metres, and... uh, I believe this week he's collected his $130 check. Well, four tackles at 18 running metres. That was in 80 minutes. That's right. Yeah. A full game. Yeah. Now, I hate to be a doomsday, Sid. But go on. But the rigged result may well have destroyed the Tigers season. It marks our third loss in a row as we edge towards falling out of the top eight. Uh, you have to be, feel sorry for coach Mick Potter, who was in his second year at the Tigers, and yet has been on the wrong side of a number of bad refereeing decisions over the past two years. Yeah. Thankfully, he has a wonderful relationship with his players and certainly with captain Robbie Farrow, who he plays tennis with once a week. Without those relationships, Potter might have to watch his back, but luckily he's got nothing to worry about. Yeah, I think he lives upstairs to Robbie and they um, get together and have sing-alongs. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Oh, good stuff. Yeah. Uh, Saturday and the Warriors were just far too strong for the Raiders, winning 54 points to 12. They absolutely annihilated the Raiders in front of 18,000 cooked egg fans uh, at Eden Park. New Zealand scored nine tries to two in a total wipeout of Canberra as new coach Ricky Stewart battles to rebuild his fourth NRL club in eight years. It'll be a brave man to think that Stewart will be working at the Raiders by the end of this current contract with some narc saying you won't even see the end of the year. Meanwhile, it's been a dream start to NRL coaching for Andrew McFadgen, who took over from Matthew Elliott a month ago. The win marking his third victory as a head coach. It looks as if, uh, though he may have the makings to be a career coach, Sid, with many saying a title could even just be around the corner. Yeah, I think that's right, former. McFadden played 100 top-grade games over eight seasons mm. for the Raiders, the Eels, and the Melbourne Storm as a halfback and a hooker. You forget about the influence he had down the Storm. Yeah, but he, he looks even better with a clipboard in his hand. He's uh, got the reins at the sleeping giant, the Warriors, and he looks like he'll have the Warriors flying come finals time. You mark my words. According to full credit of the boys' backyard stats lab, knee-capping Craig and his tired brother, Cap napping Neville. Uh, the game of the Warriors' Jacob Lillyman was enormous. He finished with 41 tackles, 188 running metres, a try assist, three line breaks, and a tackle bust. Uh, the big bloke looks set for a return to rep footy this year for Queensland, Sid. He's the type of player that Maroons coach Michael Hagan and assistant uh, Mal Meninga seem to love. Yeah, Lillyman was enormous in this one. And look, take nothing away from the Warriors, but the Raiders are an absolute rabble at the moment. Ricky Stewart came to the club after a successful stint at the Eels, mm. but he's let go. Joel, a very successful stint. He's let go Joel Thompson and Sam Williams to the Dragons. He's brought in some gun signings: Patrick Margot, Bill Tupo, and Mitch Cornish. Look out for them. He got his overhead projector out last week. Looked at all the players he has at his disposal, and if he can keep Anthony Milford, Reese Robinson, and David Campisi at the club for the next few years. I reckon there will be a real success, the Green Machine. Well, not only that, I believe by the time he'd finished with the uh, old overhead projector, he'd run out of ink in the pen. Um, It's been a big week for crowd favourite Conrad Hurrell, who scored a try in this game after an alleged sex tape hit the public on Wednesday. Yeah, The take 
looks to have been filmed in a car and the willing female to participant, I should say that uh, willing, not unwilling, no. willing female participant is said to be TV soaps, soap star Talua Blakely. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is talk of a possible suspension or fine coming later this week for the big bloke, which would seem a little bit harsh for a 17-second sex tape, Sid. <laughs> uh, it's one of the first blokes to have seen the tape. You told me you rated it two Adrian Lambs out of five. <laughs> Yeah, it's got nothing on Adrian Lamb. Uh, it was good, though. I watched it 12 times. <laughs> uh, the second game on Saturday saw South Sydney 40 destroy the Titans 18. The Bunnies were too strong for a Titans team allergic to tackling as they racked up seven tries to three in a high-scoring, entertaining game in front of 19,000 Rugby League Heartland fans at Bang Bus Super Stadium. Uh, the game was over by half-time as the Rabbitohs led 22 points to 12. And by full-time, lovable uh, fullback Dylan Walker had scored four of his... Sorry, lovable uh, winger Dylan Walker had scored four of his own tries. The Bunnies are now equal third on 10 points, while the Titans sit one place higher after six wins from nine games. Yeah, he's a lovely bloke, Dylan Walker. Really and, uh, like him. It, I think he's moving into the centres this year, and that could just be the injection that the Bunnies need to have a successful season. In only his second season in top grade former, not a lot, not a lot is known about Dylan Walker, this fine young man. He lists his interests outside of footy as playing pay- PlayStation and hanging out with his mates taking prescription drugs. <laughs> But hates needles. Uh, according to Full Credit of the Boys, Backyard Stats Lab, Kidnapping Craig, and his Catholic brother, Kid Fiddling Carl, the game of... <laughs> Jeez, you're excelling this week. <laughs> the game of Ben Teo was enormous. He finished with 41 tackles, 188 running metres, a try assist, three line breaks and a tackle bust. Now, there's a stupid rumour doing the rounds that the gun second rower has had a blue with Madge Maguire. Hey. But for a bloke who supposedly is unhappy, he certainly isn't showing it on the field. And like it or lump it, he has a contract until the end of 2015. I don't know where these rumours start, Sid, but I know you will join me in saying... Bullshit. Absolute bullshit. I've been told on good authority that this is bullshit. Ben Teo is a real clubman. West Tigers fans will never forget that during the 2008 season, Ben travelled all around the country trying to get himself the best deal he could before turning his back on the Tigers. After a stint at the Broncos, he's now at the Bunnies alongside great bloke Dylan Walker, Greg Inglis, Kirisam Ava'a. And Sam Burgess. Geez, there's a lot, of like, a lot to like about the bunny side this They're year. They're a likeable bunch. Yeah. Uh, it seems there is blood in the Gold Coast water around coach John Cartwright, with many saying he may not see the season out. Given that we are told the Gold Coast is a rugby league heartland or a nursery Sid, yeah. the results on the field haven't been to a level that would suggest the club has a long future in the game. When the Gold Coast is doing well, rugby league's doing well. Absolutely. Now, we all know that this is the fourth go at getting a team to work up there, and despite the Titans almost making the big dance in 20, uh, 2009 and 2010, their results since uh, have been pretty ordinary. Yeah. They were Wooden Spoon in 2011, 12th in 2012, and 9th last year. You'd have to say that a change of coach would might do the coach uh, sorry might do the club some good as you really have to wonder the franchise's future if they can't escape that bottom bottom four tag it would be foolish to think a change of blood wouldn't do the uh, club a world of good moving forward yeah look i think he's a good coach john cartwright but um here's a scoop look out for his nephew bryce cartwright i think right, his name okay. is yep he's at the Where's panthers he at? oh okay the and, old home uh, club yeah and i think he'll have a breakout season i read a pamphlet about him and I'm convinced that he'll be an absolute gun. 
I've heard he's got a real influence on the game. Yeah. Uh, Melbourne were far too strong for Manly, winning by three points <laughs> on Saturday down there in Victoria. Uh, in the in the traditional far too strong storm in the traditional Storm v Seagulls grudge match, the Purple Force proved to be too strong in a three-point thriller in front of 13,000 very knowledgeable fans at Amy Park. Uh, the game ended in four tries apiece with Manly only able to kick one goal from five attempts. It was a four tries apiece flogging. <laughs> uh, one goal from five attempts, and that proved to be the, the difference. Crazily, the halftime score, Sid, was five points to four to Manly yep. before the Storm clicked into gear in the second half to escape with the two points. Manly now dropped to equal second after the loss, while the Storm are one spot behind with five wins from the first nine games. Look, you know I love an early field goal former, and it proved to be an important field goal to Manly in this game as they only lost by three instead of four. That field goal was Jack Littlejohn's first point in the NRL. Imagine if he doesn't score another point in his whole NRL career. Wouldn't that be an amazing stat? As if it would. One point. And now according to Full Credit the Boys Backyard Stats Lab, Blood Lusting Larry, and his community conscious cousin, Blood Donating Darren, the game of crazy hair bastard Kevin Proctor was enormous. He finished with 41 tackles, 188 running metres, a try assist, three line breaks and a tackle bust. The man they call the doctor is a real leader on the field and off it, Sid, and I know his Kiwi teammates enjoy the times they share with the doctor away from the field. Yeah, he's very popular on away trips. But there's a, a bit of unrest at the Manly Demountables uh, with talk that Glenn Stewart might be on the way out of the club. I don't see that. Yeah, he, Surely not. The, he's a proud clubman. Mm. Uh, they have signed Daniel Harrison as his very capable replacement. Ooh, that's a bad sign. So they won't lose much there. Jeff Tuvey has also taken a punt on a young bloke called Thomas Trabovjevic. Thomas Trabovjevic, I think. Don't know much about him. Except he's a gangly-looking fella. He's stuck behind Brett Stewart and Delroy Berryman in the fullback role. Berryman's uh, strong, I've heard. So who knows if Tom Trebevich will get a crack, but look out for him. He looks the goods. It's not how you pronounce it, I'm pretty sure. Uh, You'd be an idiot not to think that Manly won't be in this comp up to their eyeballs. And one of the obvious keys is the great friendships they share across the park. The way this team mixes together with players who are great mates is obvious. Uh, Like... Anthony Watmow and Daly Cherry Evans, yep. Brett Stewart and Daly Cherry Evans, yep. Steve Maddai and Daly Cherry Evans, and Glenn Stewart and Daly Cherry Evans. Yep. And it's a real key to their success. He's and the glue, with, I think. With, with <laughs> Seagull's old boy, Jeff Toovey, as their coach, you know this combination will be there for many years to come unless some crazy bastard does some sort of backflip. Yeah, look, the talk that the Debountables are having unrest, you just, when you put it that way, they look a solid bunch up on the peninsula. Mate, They'll solid, be fine. As solid as those demandables. Uh, Penrith were once again too strong for Newcastle, winning 32 points to 10. Uh, the Panthers had little trouble in accounting for the Knights in a six tries to two belting in front of 13,000 coal miners uh, in Newcastle. Jamie Soward had a field day in front of his old coach, single-handedly beating the Knights with a personal tally of 12 points with a classy first-half individual try. The win has Penrith win, uh, heading north on the table comfortably in the eight, while for the Knights, it's been a year of turmoil already and their results on field are starting to show. Yeah, he was enormous in this one, Sowie, back from a successful stint at the London Broncos where he played nine games last season. Three of them apparently were good games. He turns out this year, after winning a comp at St. George 
and having three years at the Roosters before that. He's a great pickup for the Panthers. He really is. Lovely now, bloke. According to Fulker and the Boys Backyard Stats Lab, Artery severing Steve and his well-endowed brother are splitting Sean. The game of the little Panthers Ram man, Nigel Plum, was enormous. He finished with 41 tackles, 188 running metres, a try assist, three line breaks and a tackle bust. Now, not since Marty Lang have we seen a, a Panther with so little regard for his own health. Plum throws his body at a million miles an hour at both the defence and in attack. Yeah, well, growing up in Rudy Hill with the name Nigel Plum... He was always uh, meant to be a tough nut, you'd imagine. Sounds like a dude out of Cluedo. <laughs> but he's an absolute hard man, Nigel. He's played for the Roosters, Raiders, and now he's back at his home team, the Panthers. He was voted as the 2011 Big League Magazine's hardest hitter. He is an absolute gun oh, of a footballer. He looks like he hurts. And his stats this week look really good. Yeah, surprising stats, to be honest. Uh, keep an eye on this young bloke who comes off the bench for the Panthers, Isaiah Ferguson Yeo. He's a Dubbo junior who plays second row, and my Dubbo Sim spies tell me he's a real goer. If I was to give this young bloke any advice, it'd be to drop that hyphenated name. There's no room for that type of shit in a nah. working, working class team like the Show Panthers. Off. Yeah, get rid of it. You'll never succeed there. Uh, Sunday in the Bulldogs. Uh, well, they just annihilated the Dragons 38 points to six. You could see this coming from a mile away. Well, mate, they absolutely hammered an insipid-looking Dragons team by 32 points in a seven tries to one hiding in front of 21,000 falafel fans at uh, Homebush. What's a falafel fan? Um, people who like falafels. Oh, okay. You're an idiot. Uh, <laughs> Tim Laffey had a field day on the left wing, scoring three tries in an afternoon to remember as the Dogs put the Dragons to the sword with the game over at halftime when the Dogs led 22 points to nil. Now, New Dragons coach Paul McGregor, who last week took over from the chinless Steve Price, looks to have his work cut out. Although, as he noted in the press match conference, six of the dogs' tries came from kicks. Mary noted that once they learn to defend against those soft types of tries, the Dragons will be a true force in the competition. Yeah, look, in this one, they were desperately unlucky, the Dragons. Down 22-0 at halftime with all the points coming from kicks, mm. tries from kicks, and conversions came from kicks as well. McGregor has taken the job from Steve Price, the former shock jock, who had a great few seasons as coach of the Dragons, winning 36% of his games. The Dragons board decided to take his apron off him and have now given the secret handshake to Mary, and I've got high <laughs> hopes for him. According to Fulker at the Boys' Backyard Stats Lab, Ransom Note Nettie and the Romantic Love Note Normie. Uh, the game of Englishman James Graham was enormous. He finished with 41 tackles, 188 running metres, a try assist, three line breaks and a tackle bust. The big bloke who has been knocked out 14 times in nine games this year um, has never played better, Sid. Dare I say it, the more concussed he gets, the better he goes. Yeah, I think sometimes James Graham is a victim of circumstances when he's taken from the field concussed. Several times I've seen the trainers go out on the field to assess him for a head knock and they report to the coach's box that he's talking gibberish, so they've got to take him from the field. I just think that's how he talks. <laughs> that's right. I don't think he's ever been concussed. Uh, despite the loss, the game of Dragons Welshman Tyson Frizzell was a highlight in a low game for the Red V. 
The former Shark, who has played six tests for Wales, looked to be the only dragon to bend the Bulldogs' defensive line as he con- con- consistently worried the Bulldogs' edge-, edge defenders. You'd imagine two things about Frizzell's future. One, he'll be leading and developing the Wales team for the next decade if this form keeps up. And two, he'll be a dragon for life if they have any idea whatsoever. Coach Mary McGregor needs to ensure that he maintains a great relationship with the man they call the Welsh workhorse. Yeah, he's a Coromel Cougars junior, but somehow he played 12 games for the Sharks. I totally forgot about that mm. in the last couple of years. But he's now in the Red V and St. George and Wales, as you said, are better for him making the top grade. Absolutely. I can't wait for the end of the year when Wales play Portugal. <laughs> Austin v Frizzell. Wow. That is going to be a cracker. Oh, there'll be tickets sold. Um, Parramatta. Well, the final game of the week uh, on Monday night. I love Monday night footy. Oh, it's the best. Uh, May it last forever. They hosed the out-of-form Cronulla Sharks 42 points to 24. They are out of form, aren't they? The Eels had an evening out as the tackle-shy Sharks were put to the sword in an eight tries to four belting in front of uh, 12,711 owners. Uh, the loss is the Sharks' seventh of the year, and only a brave man would predict they can drag their asses from the cellar. Uh, only a miracle will see them improve this year, Sid. Or, in fact, in the coming years, in my opinion. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Eels' silky backline looks as though it's clicking into gear as they recorded their fifth win, putting them right in the middle of a scrap for the top eight. Yeah, the Eels released 12 players in the off-season, all of which were told their services would no longer be required via an overhead projector projector presentation by then-coach Ricky Stewart. Uh, After collecting the wooden spoon for the past two seasons, the Eels board has had enough. They've brought in Will Hoppawadi, Corey Norman, Nathan Peets, and a new coach, B. Arthur. So I'm expecting big things for the Eels in years to come. Golden age. According to Full Group of the Boys Backyard Stats Lab, Skin Suit Sam and his well-endowed brother, Skin Flute Freddy. The game of Sharks captain, Paul Gallant, was absolutely enormous in this one. He finished with 41 tackles, 188 running metres, zero try assists, three line breaks, a tackle bust and zero offloads. Now, incredibly... Gallon showed his versatility by spending a good 20 minutes at dummy half where he did nothing but pick the ball up and courageously rack up his personal stats by charging at the line. And on three occasions, Sid, he played the ball to himself so he could do a few more hit-ups in a row. As we always say, Sid, Gallon's on fire when he just forgets about his teammates and plays like he's the only shark on the field. Yeah, at one point in this game, Gal miraculously played the hooker role and first receiver at the same time. <laughs> His passing game from dummy half to himself was a standout feature in this match. And it's a rare skill. (laughs) But it wasn't enough as the mighty Eels racked up a score against the insipid Sharks, who, as you say, have now lost seven matches this year, and they look horrible. They look terrible. Um... It's hard not to get excited about the form of Jared Hayne this year, Sid. What a gun. He's already odds-on to win the Dally M, and his efforts to score two tries and set up two more in this game displayed all of his skill. Now, new coach Brad Arthur laughed off suggestions that rival codes could sign Hayne from under his nose, uh, including Rugby Union. He said, Jared is and always will be a Neil. Yeah. He's been made captain this year and has really sunk his teeth into it. It's a quality we all know he has. I've heard he's been approached by other codes, but to be honest... I have no reason to question his loyalty to the blue and gold. And on a side note, people who have been mentioning Jared with a 49er, just to let you know, it's actually a 69er, you dopey bastard. Stupid idiots. Uh, it's a good choice as Captain Jared Hayne. He'll really rally those troops, get the <laughs> young boys under his wing. 
Good decision by the new coach, B. Arthur. And what I like is he, he doesn't mind biting off more than he can chew. No, that's true. Jeez, it was a big year, Sid. Yeah, it's good going back over those old tapes. Yeah, I got a lot doing right, this a I long noticed. time. Yeah, you did. You um, did. Well, it's been a big week this week in NRL, so I suppose we better do this. been that big of a week, I'm glad there wasn't any footy on. Yeah, <laughs> the amount of news on this running sheet. Unbelievable. We'll start with, um, well, the NRL expects to sign off on one of the longest broadcast deals in Australian sport within days, reportedly set to net the cash-strapped organisation close to $2.3 billion. Yeah, wow. ARL Commission Chairman Ned Philanders has told the Sunday Telegraph that his aim is to reach an agreement on a seven-year deal with Nine and Foxhill by Friday. The revamped contract would cover the remaining three years of the NRL's existing deal, uh, which is $1.8 billion for 2018 through to 2022, plus a four-year extension until the end of 2026. Both partners have acted in great faith, and I believe we're very close, Philander said. Uh, the loyalty factor has been important because you want to look after your partners who have been with the game for a long time. The renegotiated TV deal would be the richest in Australian sports history and would secure the NRL's long-term financial viability. It would also guarantee the future of all 16 clubs amid the uncertainty of the unprecedented COVID-19 crisis. The annual payments would include a discounted rate for 2020 due to be shortened to 20 rounds, uh, blah, 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 blah. The developments are a huge boost for the NRL after nine CEO uh, Hugh Skidmarks recently declared it wasn't a given that rugby league would be part of his network's future. So if we ignore this season because of these unprecedented times, yep. the contract was for $1.8 billion. Yep. Uh, let's say four years. Yep. So this is a four-year extension mm. for half a billion. Each year, yeah. Well, all up, 1.8 to 2.3 billion. I don't know. No, no, no. 1.8 was for between 2018 through to 2022. Yes. So that's, what's that, about 400,000 a year? 450,000 a year, right? The new extension... Will be for two point three billion, which will go to twenty twenty six, which will be probably say five years. Plus, they get this. Basically, if you look at it, they get this year for free. They've gone from one point eight to two point three. Yep. Hmm. I don't know. It's it's roughly around the same money. Which, given that we we've spoken this year to um, Rob McKnight, yes, um, Vossi also had a fair bit of insight into it, and Brini. Yep. Everyone was of the opinion that rugby league would be delusional to think they'll get the same type of money. No, that's true. Um, on top, so of, you think this is a good deal? I, I actually do. Yeah. The only thing that I don't like about it is, and I spoke to someone uh, in a private message earlier this week, is that rugby league fans should never forget the way Channel Nine has tried to use the situation to. Um, to make money. Now, that's not such a bad thing when they've got shareholders and everything, but they've actually tried to leverage that money by screwing over rugby league yeah, through think, lies and bullshit. I don't think fans of the great game will forget that. No, and I don't think they should. But um, as far as an overall deal, I don't think it's a bad thing. Well, they're now and the talking second thing is too, uh, as I said to you yesterday on the phone, it, 
if if they secure this deal this week, for argument's sake, yep. Well, first of all, they've got a bunch of certainty about their future. That's true. Right. Second of all, um, at least then they've. I think they'll actually hurt AFL. Yeah. Because there's no way nine are going to buy both NRL and AFL. No. Right. Um, which means that basically AFL are going to have two bidders, ten or seven. Yep. From what I can tell, ten aren't that sh- aren't keen on that on sport at all at the moment. They're looking at dropping the supercars. Yeah. Which means seven might even be able to underbid themselves in a way on the AFL deal. Imagine the headlines then. I I, I think if Volandis can get this up, Volandis, sorry, can get this up this week, I think. That will be a masterstroke. And then he'll walk off into the sunset. And forget what we all think about Channel 9 and Channel 9's commentary team and um, some of the games they've played through social media and everything else. Well, you say forget about it, but you're the one that keeps bringing it up. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but what I do think is, is I think for the long-term good of the game, I think this is a very good thing. And then, as you just said, the story is that the Philandus will then just head off into the sunset and say, yeah. thanks for your time. Job done. Off I go. Mm. Go race horsies again. Which is a little bit disappointing. <laughs> so, two, yeah, I agree. $2.3 billion over however many years, six, seven years, whatever. Yep. Um, what's Rugby Australia commented? Have they commented about this deal? Um, Would they have accepted $2.3 million? All I know about... Billion, sorry. All I know about there, they're looking at pizza vouchers they're getting in, <laughs> in their mail. <laughs> <laughs> and see whether they can swap those for it. Look, they're in all sorts of trouble. I heard an interview with um, their CEO or their interim CEO. Um, he's going back to Foxtel this week um, just to Begging, sort of... cap well, in hand. Pretty much, yeah. He's going back there to say, look, she's gone because clearly there was a deal with the way Castle's conducted um, the TV rights negotiations. Can we now sit down and have another look? Well, this is the difference. Our CEO will sign a $2.3 billion deal and walk off into the sunset. Raylene left a $30 million black hole mm. and has walked off, yes. rejecting the one and only deal that was on the table. Now, I believe that... Um, Poor old rugby. New Zealand are about to have their own um, uh, rugby competition amongst all their super rugby teams. Australia's Australia is going to do the same, apparently. to do something similar. I think we'll cover off in that little while. Mm-hmm. But um, forgetting the rugby thing, I think... Like we said, like I said, I think this is a good deal for rugby league. Rugby league. Rugby league. Um, if you can just let go of the Channel 9 thing. Yeah. Well, I've let go. I never watch it on Channel 9. No. So let's see what happens. No, well, I won't be. Uh, as one thing that you protest. I'm not sure if we're going to cover off on this later in all this news, but uh, one thing that you and I are very critical of is giving in a time where the salary cap is $9.6 million, this deal guarantees thirty million, uh, thirteen million. Sorry, Which grants I've never each been, year. Never been keen on that. No, never been keen on that. How are you going to make rugby league teams competitive when you're giving them more than enough to survive? Exactly, um, and that goes against our club in well, this, a way. Well, this goes to show why clubs like Penrith can afford to play, uh, pay three coaches at once and sack them and. That's right. They're just getting an extra three and a half mil grant every year from the league, which yeah. is stupid. But anyway. Uh, the other big story this week was the Titans were forced to stand down Bryce Cartwright and Brian Kelly on Friday after the government... Bet you they're filthy. ...contacted the club with a warning about anti-vaxxers. Cartwright and Kelly have refused to have flu vaccinations uh, before playing. The government was of the understanding every person involved in the NRL 
resumption would take the vaccine before returning to training. The Sydney Morning Herald reported the NRL has now submitted in writing a plea for the state government to make an exemption for the two players. My understanding is that won't happen. Despite pressure to adopt a no-jab, no-play policy, the ARL Commission has advised the vaccination waiver court clause to allow NRL players to play if they refuse to get a flu shot. However, ARLC Chairman Ned Philanis has warned players who do not sign the altered waiver will be banned. Yeah, I don't understand what the waiver actually does, but they've gone to the government saying this is what we're going to do, and then they didn't anticipate these idiots uh, refusing. But uh, look, some of them have come out saying it's their religious beliefs. I'm not sure exactly where in the Bible it says you can't take a vaccination. But uh, I opened up the good book this morning. Well, there's some good stuff in there. There is some good stuff. I just want to share some of it with you. Um, Any of these quotes, if you can find where it says they shouldn't take vaccinations, you just let me know. But here's Ezekiel 23.20, one of my favourite passages in the Bible. Is that the one that uh, Samuel L. Jackson said in Pulp Fiction? No, it's not, (laughs) but he should have. It would have made the movie a lot better because this is the quote, she lusted after her lovers whose genitals were like those of donkeys and whose omission was like that of horses. So if, if you had replaced donkeys with acorns and horses <laughs> with cashews, I'd understand it. But... but there's nothing in there about vaccinations. Maybe Deuteronomy. We'll look there. May the Lord strike you with Egyptian boils and with tumours, scabs and itch, for which you will find no cure. Mm. That's in, it's interesting it's to a, say the least. It's a very own pandemic, unprecedented. Kings 2.23. This is a good story. Then he went up there to Bethel, and as he was going up the road, some youths came from the city and mocked him and said to him, Go up, you bald head. Go up, you bald head. So he turned around and looked at them and pronounced a curse on them in the name of the Lord. And two female bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 of the youths. Right. Oh, so happy story. Yeah, it's a good story. Um, getting back to reality. <laughs> <laughs> It's emerged that uh, Canberra trio Josh Papali, Sia Soliola and Joseph Tapine refused to sign the waiver on religious grounds, there as you go. said. Yep. Um, and it's also, the, good book. the Daily Telegraph reported Manly trio Dylan Walker, Marty Tapao and Aidan Fanua Blake also balked at the original waiver, although I believe Tapao's taken the jab from uh, a couple of days ago. Overall, 3% of the NRL players refused a flu shot that informed sorry, that formed part of strict biosecurity measures that will allow the league's resumption of May 28. Yeah, you still can't uh, convince me that a flu shot will do anything, but it was in the NRL's ironclad agreement that uh, governments looked at and said, fair enough, if you abide by all those rules, we will let you play again. And some of these stupid players are refusing. Mm. Why? Why? Paul Kent has revealed an NRL staffer made changes to a document after being given government approval, which has led to the anti-vax furor engulfing the game. An extensive document was handed by ARLC Chairman Ned Volanders uh, to state governments, which outlined how the NRL season could safely resume amid the coronavirus pandemic. That's what I was just talking about. One condition was supposedly that every NRL player and staff member would be vaccinated against common flu, but... Kent alleges after the governments had given their blessing, someone at NRL HQ amended the document. Mm. Um, the added clause said players who did not want to be vaccinated simply had to sign a waiver which would allow them to train and play. What does the waiver? I don't understand. Well, basically, what? they've implemented that to say we don't have to have it. Yeah, I get that. But what would the waiver say? Like, uh, I absolve everyone. Exactly. If I get the flu. 
Oh, exactly. Even if you have the flu vaccination, you can get a different strain of the flu. I don't understand any of this, but go on. Um, Kent believes the governments are furious as they were of the understanding every person involved would get the would be vaccinated. The players' union believe the documents sent to the government was a work in progress. They were still going through the actual protocols. Uh, Kent told Fox League Live, the government didn't see it that way. They wanted an assurance. They got documented. They got a document that said 100% of players will be inoculated. Uh, therefore, the government said okay, and they went ahead with it. Someone at the NRL, when they said he said they should be sacked over this, someone at the NRL has then, um, after getting the document back from the government, has inserted the waiver clause in the document. Yeah, well, we spoke about this initially when uh, they put the proposal to Palaszczuk up in Queensland. She was thoroughly impressed mm. by how good the proposal was. So then she's like, all right, you can do that. And then they've gone back and crossed a bit out in crayon. Yeah. Wrote, mocked up another document. It's a bit dodgy. I've got to be honest. I think I was telling you, I'm getting very, very tired of all this. I'm getting tired of reading this new... There's a new drama every day. Yes. I'm getting tired about reading anti-vaxxers. I'm getting tired about reading TikTok videos. I'm getting tired of reading about uh, opinions and, and everything else. I'm and not getting tired of TikTok. I, I know that. Um, God knows you should. Dave um, Warner and Candace Valzen. Great. They're great on TikTok. But... It's starting to wear very, very thin. All this, I totally agree. And I am I, the, May twenty eight cannot come fast enough for me. Yeah. First of all, because I'm sick of reading the the bullshit and trying to sort the bullshit from the clay. I'm and sick s- of reading the Bible. Second of all, it's rubbish. Second of all, I'm just sick of um, sitting here and thinking what dickhead will destroy this. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So. Yeah, speaking of dickheads, Penrith Panthers star Nathan Cleary has been fined $30,000 and handed down a two-match suspension after two TikTok videos emerged of him ignoring social distancing restrictions. Quality TikTok content. Meanwhile, teammate and content provider housemate Tyrone May has also been suspended for two weeks and fined $15,000 for his lack of cooperation with the NRL Integrity Unit during the investigation. Yeah, I I seem to recall that uh, Chinocchio said that Tyrone May had nothing to do with it. He was sitting in his bedroom the whole time. All right. Um, if yeah. I was – Tyrone May must be a hell of a player. That's all I can put it down to because yeah. I, I would have thought we've seen enough to say this bloke, we've had enough of you. Yeah, I don't understand what he's done this time though. Well, he but, hasn't helped them. Apparently he's just ignored their um, inquiries. You'd think you'd be on your best behaviour. Some would say he might have lied. Ooh. Some might have said that, not me. Um, I think you're implying it, but anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if they sue, they sue us, they sue everyone here, I hope you know. Um, the NRL may revert to one on-field referee to save money. The Project Apollo Innovations Committee <laughs> on Friday uh. reportedly submitted a proposal to can the two-referee system in favour of reverting to the model used in the NRL before 2009. International Rugby League continued to use one on-field referee, despite the NRL sticking solid with the two-referee system for the past 11 years, Sid. Yeah, I didn't realise it's been that long. It seems doesn't seem that long, does no. it? Uh, the Daily Telegraph reports the referees group was informed of the proposal on Friday. The NRL season is set to resume, blah, 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 May 28. Uh, referees will need to get up to speed with the one-ref system in little more than two weeks. I seem to remember now when they brought it in. We were on uh, Riverwood FM back in those <laughs> That's days. That's right. Um, I don't understand. I think they don't these... exist anymore, Riverwood FM. No, we put them to bed. Um, I don't understand in this unprecedented time. We're trying to get the game back on. It's a, a different draw, but we're just desperate to get the footy on. Uh, and while we're at it, let's change a whole bunch of rules. I 
And Stupid. I, I obviously obviously uh, has got the runs on the board, but this one I think is a big miss. The six again thing that they're talking about Stupid. as well. That Stupid. is a dumb dumb rule. As someone one of the coaches pointed out to the NRL yesterday, if we're pinned on our twenty meter line. We don't want six more tackles. We want to kick the ball 50 metres downfield and get out of the strife. Exactly right. And what happens if the ref says yeah, six more because there was an infringement? Can the uh, captain challenge that decision on the fly? I set, don't think so. Set your it's defensive a, line? It's got to be a stoppage of play. Well, there will be no stoppages under this stupid rule. Yeah. It's a stupid rule. See, this t- this story will uh, appeal to you. Fancy okay. going and watching your team in New Caledonia or Vanuatu? Yes. A bid has been <laughs> launched to enter a team into Queensland's Intrust Super Cup, which would see a side representing the French-speaking Pacific join the competition by 2023. Wow. Hot, hot on the back of the success of the PNG Hunters, Pacifique Triez. Pretty want- sure that's not how you pronounce that. Mate, go for your life. Wanted, want Pacific to play- Trees. Oh, trees, is it? Yeah, Pacific trees. Want to play home games in Numea, New Caledonia, and Port Villa, Vanuatu. Beautiful. If successful with their bid, they hope to tag into the big South Sea Island populations on Queensland's coastline for their away games. They also believe the admission would open up the opportunities to players through the French-speaking Pacific and France itself to make it as a prof- at a professional level. Laurent Garnier, a coach who has worked with uh, Melbourne Storm and also makes beautiful fucking hand cream, um, <laughs> and played at a high level for France, said he hopes the Queensland Rugby League power brokers will see the value in adding the Pacific trees side. <laughs> yeah, I'm dusting off my boots. I'll go sit in uh, Port Vila. I just think we should become a uh, Vanuatu-based podcast. Yes. Now you're talking. Vanuatu FM. Um, the NRL, NRL great, that's right, great, Robbie Farah has explained he was pissed when he tried to score a date with Eugene Bouchard, uh, Eugenie Bouchard while in Miami for the Super Bowl earlier this year. The There's West, a massive scoop. Thanks, Robbie. The West Tigers icon, that's right, icon, and former New South Wales origin hooker was in town for the clash between the San Francisco 69ers and Kansas City Chiefs in uh, February and tagged the Canadian tennis player in a couple of tweets as he threw out the idea of grabbing a drink with the 26-year-old who has also attended the biggest game of the NFL season. Unfortunately, Bouchard never replied and he and his mates were forced to drink without the company of the 2014 Wimbledon finalist. I still think they did all right. They would have had a few ladies uh, hook up with them for a drink, but the one you don't ask is the one you don't get. Good on you, Robbie. Have a stab, mate. Johnson, the stab. For the heavyweight championship of the world. This is a famous victory. Sports news. AFL and the hashtag talk other games down. The AFL will have to work. Uh, its return to play plans around Western Australia's hard border controls as West Coast and Fremantle prepare to restart the season with extended runs of matches away from home. WA Premier Mark McGowan on Sunday reaffirmed his government's commitment to existing border and quarantine rules as part of the state's bid to maintain a low rate of COVID-19 infections. McGowan declared the border controls would be the last thing to come down as he revealed a staged plan for Western Australia to gradually ease coronavirus restrictions. It means that Eagles and Dockers are increasingly likely to be required to temporarily relocate to Melbourne in order to restart the season, which could resume as early as June 11. June 18 is the number I've been told. I expect 
expect the AFL will restart, but it's a matter of how it restarts and what the model is. McGowan said the hard borders will stay in place and the AFL have to work within that. They need to understand that. There's no special rule for football around here. The Dockers, that's my favourite name for a footy team. <laughs> Love it. Uh, apparently, don't, don't Google that. <laughs> apparently, apparently they don't have to uh, get a flu jab, the AFL players. What about that? It's all top, very strange. Leading journo, I use those both those terms. You're doing uh, those air quote things? Yeah, very, very loosely. Mm-hmm. Tom Brown came oh, out yeah. and said, Brownie. oh, uh, the AFL uh, measures are far more stringent than the NRL ones. Of course. It's a pissing contest all the time with these blokes. And then the next day came out and said, the AFL players won't have to get a flu jab. Yeah. Unlike the NRL players. Consistency is the so, key um, with the AFL. Which one would it be, would you think? No, both or neither. Right. Don't question them. Uh, yeah. We've got more chance so, of being sued by the AFL. So typical of these Keep AFL journos. Mm. Just a cesspit of sycophants down there. Uh, Your AF- words, not mine. AF- my words, indeed. AFL, hashtag talk other games down. Former West Coast and Collingwood coach and AFL legend Mick Malthouse implored the AFL to teach the Empire of China a huge lesson by boycotting any further AFL games being played there. <laughs> I thought this was a G-up. No, it's true. <laughs> As we know, Sid, AFL successfully take one game over to the international AFL heartland each oh, year. Oh, yeah, it's brilliant. I went last year. Where thousands of fans go to different grounds to avoid watching it. <laughs> However, despite the hard-talking demands from Mick Malthouse, Port Adelaide President, Sunrise host and General Dickhead David Cock has uh, fired back at Malthouse saying if it was up to Mick Malthouse, he'd bring back the White Australia policy. Whoa! <laughs> branded him a dinosaur and called the retort very disappointing. The comments have seen AFL types circling the wagons around Malthouse and firing broadsides at Cock. Uh, when it comes to footy credit, I'll take Mick Malthouse over David Cock any day of the week, said fellow dickhead Channel 9's Tony Jones. Oh, we love Tony Jones here as well. Wanker. Um, yeah, that, that'll teach China, if, if nothing else. <laughs> like we, We're not a superpower military-wise. so well, What we do have. This is the only way we can get back at them. A couple of broadsides without uh, threatening the AFL. It's a good idea, Mick. Well done, bro. Uh, rugby and the hashtag talk other games down. Well, Optus has hosed down suggestions it was even close to signing a broadcast deal with Rugby Australia mm. before coronavirus hit and gave the code more bad news by saying it won't be looking to acquire local sports rights in the short term. Former Rugby Australia CEO Raylene Castle resigned last month amid speculation she was in the firing line to be sacked as the sport's perilous financial position was exposed by the global pandemic. Sexism at its best. One of the major criticisms directed at Castle was her failure to secure a new TV rights deal, having rejected an initial offer from Fox Sports because she believed she could get more money for the sport elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Rugby Australia was in broadcast uh, discussions with uh, Optus and multiple reports have suggested that Telco and Rugby's governing body were just days away from signing a deal before coronavirus wreaked havoc by cancelling sports leagues around the world. Some believe it was the final nail in Castle's coffin. She has been Sorry, had she been able to come to terms with Optus, the financial boost to rugby may have given her some breathing space in the job. Uh, I wouldn't have thought so. But without anything set in stone and rugby's cash crisis, uh, there for all to see, the Sharks were circling. Castle was forced to jump before she was pushed. However, Optus Director of Sport, uh, Dick Bayless, said on Friday, he doesn't believe the two parties were as close as people seem to think. 
uh, about inking a deal before COVID-19 struck. He also Jeez, he's thrown Raylene under the bus, hasn't he? Also he also said he can't see Optus, which broadcast the English Premier League and recently acquired the rights to the Korean K-League. I love um, tuning in to watch the Korean K-League. Look, who's your favourite K-League team? Uh, that fella, the dark-haired fella. <laughs> Oh, my, uh, fa- my favourite team. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I'll say the Soul Dragons. The Soul Dragons. <laughs> um, They're probably like the Panasonic Super Champs. Yeah, White Knights. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, you can't see them looking to move into Australian sports in the near future. That's opposite that is. Uh, Mick Moldhouse has also said that they're not going to play a game in Korea. <laughs> <laughs> That'll learn them. Yep. Tennis. Hashtag talk other games down. Tennis star, Novak's Djokovic. Your mate. You love this fella. Mate, he's a fucking nut. <laughs> he, he is in Pete Evans' territory. This bloke <laughs> has come under fire for spruiking the idea that people can change the chemical makeup of food and water with their thoughts and emotions. Oh, wow. I didn't hear this. Uh, I know gins change my thoughts and emotions. Um, makes me cry. <laughs> the world number one is well known for being an advocate of alternative medicine and pushing the boundaries of conventional thinking, even delaying elbow surgery to see if his injury could heal without an operation before ultimately deciding, I will go under the knife. Ah, Djokovic soft. has previously worked with a spiritual guru who reportedly encouraged him to make a loving gesture towards the crowd after every win as a thir- Serb thought outside the box in search of mental and physical advantages over his rivals. In an Instagram live chat with Chervin Jafraya, who's he? No idea. Um, as part of his series, The Self Mastery Project. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what, I've given myself a good self-mastery project. Uh, the pair discussed how emotions uh, could have toxic food and water, sorry, could make toxic food and water more healthy. It's the connection that you're talking about, the innate connection and really being present and being conscious of the moment and being conscious of the fact that you're drinking water, Djokovic said. Wow. I've seen people I know, um, sorry, I've seen people and I know some people that through their energetical that's right, energetical <laughs> transformation um, through the power of prayer, through the power of gratitude. They managed to turn the most toxic food or the most polluted water into the most healing water. So at this point, Sid, I'd like to invite Novak to uh, have a crack at converting the magic water in your ensuite every Tuesday evening. Yeah, good luck, Nova- <laughs> Novaks. Here's a project for you. You can pray all you want. Those stains aren't going anywhere. Lord knows you pray. <laughs> Five flushes clears it, but uh, because water reacts... Um, and scientists have proven that the molecules in the water uh, react to our emotions and to what is being said. And if scientists all around the world have said, Ixnay on the scientists say, yeah. uh, Novak, uh, I truly believe we should continuously, every single day, when, that when we sit, we sit without cameras, without phones, or even worse, uh, having nervous discussions and conflictual, that's all right, conflictual discussions words at the table with your close ones during your meal. I've got no idea what he's talking about in any of that crap. Soccer. Isn't it funny, though, when he says, you can just heal yourself. No, my elbow's not coming good. <laughs> go to the doctor. Off I go. But hang on. Two minutes ago, you said, shut up. Shut up, mate. Shut up, mate. <laughs> All right. Here's another hard story to follow, but listen okay. up. Soccer. A former prominent soccer player has reappeared four years after being pronounced dead in a car accident. This was bizarre. Hyannick Camber's former wife is being accused of fraud after she allegedly forged documents and collected a six-figure life insurance payment following the soccer player's phony death. 
Uh, German prosecutor Annette Milk told The Build, a German tabloid, the former defender for the highly acclaimed Schalke uh, in the German Bundesliga, was said to have been killed in January of 2016 in a car crash in his native Democratic Republic of the Congo. Uh, Congo. Instead, the 33-year-old Kiamba claims his companions had left him during the night while on a trip to the interior of the Congo in 2016 and took his papers, money and telephone. Kamba recently, this is what, four years ago? Yeah. Kamba okay. recently was found to be alive in, um, whatever that is, I'll, I'll have a go, Gelselkenkirchen. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> well done. Uh, located in Western Germany. Kamba, who now works as a chemical technician... How do you get a what is going on in this story? For an energy supply company, he said he was unaware of his wife's ex-wife's allegations and will be named as a witness in the case. The former couple have a ten-year-old child together. Didn't worry about the kid in the last four years, mate. Yeah. Uh, the ex-wife was not identified in the news story. Camber, at the time of the fake crash, was playing at VFB Halls and had been toiling in the bottom tiers of German soccer. Uh, he also played youth soccer for highly touted Schalke and was a teammate of current national team star goaltender Manuel Neuer. Uh, Manuel will be only too thrilled to be named in this story. Man Neuer. Camber and his family fled the Congo for Germany in uh, 1986, but the whole family except Camber was deported in 2005. Camber was allowed to stay because of Schalke's high status in Germany and was granted residency rights. There's so much going on in that story. I I don't understand. Where's he been for four years? He went out for a night out and disappeared for four years. Hasn't worried about the kid for four years. But somehow has a job at some chemical company. Yeah. (laughs) He's he's given up on his daughter. Lots going on there. UFC. The UFC president, Dana White, has been roundly praised by sports fans after the tremendous success of UFC 249, the first pro sport in America to return during the COVID-19 crisis. He should be applauded. It was fantastic. While White's persistence throughout the pandemic was slammed in the lead up to 249, fans and the fellow fighters were left impressed um, uh, where am I up to? with the product on show. Blood, sweat, swollen eyelids and face masks signal the return of the UFC, the first major sporting event to resume in the US since the coronavirus um, shuttered much of the country for nearly two months. UFC 249 ushered in a new look for sports too, one without fans and amid uh, several safety precautions. UFC will hold three shows in eight days in Jacksonville where state officials deemed professional sports with a national audience exempt from stay-at-home orders as long as the location is closed to the public. Dana White has offered his support to the NRL as they aim to return to the field amid the coronavirus outbreak. Impressed with the leadership of Ned Folandis, White declared he's just a phone call away for anything the NRL might need moving forward. Uh, I'd be honoured for him to, uh, that's Folandis, um, to call me in and help, I can help him out in any way I can, White told News Corp Australia. He only has to pick up the phone and I'll assist with anything. Yeah, well, Wayne Pierce should be straight on the blower from Project Apollo. <laughs> getting on a Dana White, because it is an amazing thing. We've been talking all this time, hoping that the NRL would be the first sport back. If you can have the UFC where they're sweating and spitting on each other and bleeding on each other, get up and running, let the footy play. Yeah. Um, the only downfall to all that was that the day before at the weigh-in, one bloke tested positive for coronavirus. No, oh, look, it's going to happen. <laughs> Whatever. Boxing. But did they have to get their flu vax? I'm not sure. Boxing. Mike Tyson has spoken out about the swirling rumours, mainly in Australia, I'm I'm here to tell you. Yeah, mainly from Gallon's manager. About a possible charity fight against cross-code footy star Sonny Bill Williams, saying the rumours were totally false. 
Um, reports emerged this week of boxing promoter Brian uh, Amatruda's attempt to cash in on Tyson's rumoured comeback through a charity bout against one of several sports stars with reports an offer of $1 million was on the table. $1 million. <laughs> That is dead set chump change that yep. one. Amatruda has promoted cards featuring the likes of Danny Green, Lucas Brown and Anthony Mundine and said several of the part-time boxers who bring in big audiences in Australia, including Williams, Gallon and AFL great Barry Hall, would fill Australia in arenas, well, I don't think it's legal at the moment, if paired against Tyson. But the 53-year-old former heavyweight champ took to Twitter to shut down the reports. This is, this is totally false, <laughs> Tyson tweeted in response to an article suggesting he may be in line to fight Williams. I'd fight him. Have you seen well, him you lately? I've seen your T-shirt. Yeah, I'm not scared of the big fella. He's old. <laughs> he would hurt you beyond. Oh, so much hurt. <laughs> Check out his Instagram today. See how sharp he still looks. Saying that, there is um, a bunch of people on social media saying he, t- he he could win the title back, the world title. Yeah, I don't know about that. I'm pretty sure he wouldn't. Yeah, I don't know if he'd bother. Yeah, he's not going to take down Tyson Fury, I'm, I'm telling you now. Yeah, that'd be good to see at Rudy Hill RSL. I'd pay to go <laughs> watch that. having a function or an event? Are you part of a sporting or community group? Do you have a birthday, anniversary, bucks or hens night coming up? Mare Inc. can supply any custom product you can imagine. Custom made t-shirts, aprons, stubby holders, cushions, shopping bags, hoodies, tote bags, vinyl stickers and decals. Or put your business logo on a range of workwear. Go to mareinc.com.au. Whatever the purpose, Mare Inc. has you covered. Go to mareinc.com.au. Go to mareinc.com.au. All right, Sid, our next guest is a bloke we love here at Full Crew of the Boys. He's a former great of the Roosters, Manly the Eels, and the mighty Gold Coast Chargers. You can find him on Twitter at MikeEden60. Welcome back to Full Crew of the Boys, Mr. Mike Eden. G'day, boys. Great to be here. I hope you're being safe and self-isolating or whatever you're doing up there. Yep, we absolutely are. Mate, biggest question for us is, are you in shorts and singlet this afternoon? or? Mate, i got I got Uggs, tracky dacks and a big hoodie on at the moment. It is freezing. A far cry from the uh, Gold Coast days. Uh, mate, they have four seasons down here. Cold, colder, colder and colder again. <laughs> Well, mate, uh, you're in the centre of uh, the Rugby League universe there for a little while, and as the real mayor of the of Albury, what's your take on what's happened down there with the storm and um, a couple of rogue councillors? Well, that's the, the thing. They just don't understand. You know, I, I say to everyone around here, don't you know who I am? <laughs> they just... <laughs> and funnily enough, they don't. <laughs> it's sort of... I'm going around patting myself on the back, working hard, trying to get our great game happening down here and getting the, the mighty storm up. And I'll I'll follow anyone if they help us out here. And, Absolutely. Um, the, the poor old Albury councillors um, felt that they were left out of the decision, uh, even though we, we got the uh, chief executive officer, the two deputy chief executives, they call them now. So the whole executive of Albury City Council... All of the staff there who had to be in the loop uh, to allow them to train at Greenfield Park, the home of the mighty Albury Thunder, all signed off on it, was all ready to go. And 
we had a couple of elected officials feel that uh, they should have been involved and it just all turned to custard after that. It's probably another thing it turned to. It was just pretty poor for the community. It really affected the, the brand of Albury Wodonga. We've been pretty well um, hidden from the world down here. It's a, a media vacuum and uh, suddenly we're on the front pages of the, the newspapers around Australia and I, I heard there's a few things na- internationally as well. So, all for the wrong reasons. Well, do you think there is a chance of long-term harm to rugby league in the area off the back of this? Oh, there's absolutely no doubt that there's going to be damage to the brand. Um, the council have built what will be the, the best regional facility in Australia up at Lavington. They've spent $20 million, new grandstands, great facilities, a great ground, great place to, to play footy, and uh, whether it's Aussie rules or rugby league or cricket, um, and they're now going to face up to um, Wagga, Dubbo, Tamworth, saying, hey, why would you go down there? Yeah. You're going to have to have all this red tape. They won't, don't want you to come and play with us. And uh, that'll, that'll have a, an effect for a number of years now. And uh, we've been working hard this week to uh, show the Melbourne Storm especially and uh, the Aussie Rules community that, uh, you know, we do want or the community as a whole you know 98 percent of the community as frank panisi said everyone in albury except for the five councillors uh want them in town and they're very appreciative of it mike did you have any um uh communication with storm the storm people specifically and what was their take on it all i very much bemused i mean dave donahy um felt a little bit ambushed by the um the councillors, when he was uh, put in front of them and asked questions, he thought that, uh, uh, like the Warriors at Tamworth, he'd be welcomed with open arms and they'd be uh, very content with the uh, protocols put in place with the biosecurity measures that the NRL have forced the Storm and every other club to follow um, to have training. But, uh, no, it wasn't to be, uh, notwithstanding that the... The councillor who uh, moved the motion that overturned the decision uh, went on record as saying there was zero um, threat to the community's health uh, with the storm being in town. So the main issue was the process. They didn't like the way we got the uh, approval signed off and uh, that's pretty sad for us. It just doesn't make sense. So when's... Uh, We're trying to laugh at it, but uh, it's very hard to. When's the next election? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was in September, but uh, Gladys has put them, put it off to the September after. So I, I got a feeling that they'll uh, all be forgotten, and uh, mm. people's memories aren't that long. Well, mate, another controversy this week is uh, the wonderful Project Apollo's proposal to return to one referee. Um, you're the vice chairman of the PRLMO, which is the refs' union. What's your feelings on all of this? Well, our our big concern, and talking on behalf of the, the referees and the union uh, a bit seriously, uh, is that you know, we were told 30 minutes before the uh, media release that the uh, referees uh, were, or the, the uh, Apollo people and Wayne Pearce and Peter Volandis in particular were looking at one referee. Now, that affects all of our members. It affects some of them who probably will lose their jobs, you know, the part-timers, and... Uh, 
on top of that, we felt that as an important stakeholder, we should have been involved in the conversation um, when it was first brought up. But we understand Graham Annesley said that uh, they'd been considering it for a month. So for us to be told 30 minutes before the media release was, you know, disrespectful. It just, you know, it, it's it's like the captain turning his back or telling the referee to, you know, uh, speak to the hand and. Uh, I, you know, we're not going to cop that. It's uh, it's just disrespectful. They've had the they've brought the players along for the journey the whole way. They've had coaches on uh, on the panel at the uh, you know Project Apollo or whatever they're calling it. So uh, we don't understand why they didn't bring the referees on. And one referee, you know, I want the eighties to come back. <laughs> I'd love the eighties to be back. <laughs> But no, it's not going to be good for our product. We've got a huge opportunity with our great brand and our great product to be the only sport, live sport on TV. So, you know, it could be four or five weeks. Yep. Yep. We, we, we will be showcasing to the world, not just to Australia. And this could really damage our product. It's, a, it's such a great product and we can't wait for them to get, I cannot wait for them to get back on the field. Talking to the, to uh, some of the people today from the storm um, by telephone, by the way, because we're not allowed down the ground. But, you know, they've got two weeks to get uh, game-hardened and they're, they're worried about uh, injuries and, and only having two weeks of contact or three weeks of contact uh, training. So if we put one referee, which will affect the game and then as well that the players aren't quite ready a bit rusty um it it could hurt our brand and our our game when we're showcasing what is the greatest game of all by far uh, to mm. the world does dropping games to one referee really save three million dollars a year as the nrl is proposing oh mate our figures we've had a look at it and we can't find three hundred and fifty thousand in savings <laughs> and on top of that you know these these blokes are going to be doing doubling up, doubling up every week um, on the on the touch line. They'll be basically doing overtime, which will mean under the enterprise bargaining agreement that we uh, negotiated last year, they they might end up with more money, which so it could end up costing them. And especially if blokes get injured, they're going to bring these blokes back in. They won't have had any game time. Um, you know, the New South Wales Cup and the Queensland Cup won't be played. So mm. if someone gets injured and they're going to bring someone back, uh, they haven't been pay, paying them to train, so they'd, they'd be out, you know, being a British labourer somewhere. Mm. And not going to... I don't think it'll help. Mate, uh, Annesley came out and said that no ref will lose their job, yet somehow they're going to save this $3 million. Does that mean reduced wages or does it mean we have a lot of part-time referees now? Well, I spoke to, to Wayne Pearce on Sunday about that and he said no, full-time referees will lose their job. So there's a bit of um, ifing and ahhing. We call them part-time, some call them casual. You know, we suspect that that's where they're going to uh, have their savings. But again, because we haven't been in the conversation... Um, it's very difficult to know exactly what they're thinking. And I've just read somewhere in the press that the meeting, the think tech that Wayne Pearce put together or Annesley put together today uh, may have unanimously um, 
voted against the one referee, but um, if the ARLC uh, follow that recommendation, then we'll probably have the two referees. But the way things are going and the way Mr Annesley's talking... Um, Maybe he wants to be back in the eighties. Although <laughs> yeah, he would have been, he refereed me. So geez, maybe he thinks that's the way to go. It just seems like an odd time to uh, start tinkering with the rules. The six again rule was thrown up this week. If there's a uh, ruck infringement, yeah, ruck infringement six again instead of stopping for a penalty, introducing it back to one referee. We just want to get the footy started. It's already a disrupted season. I do not understand why we would introduce these rule changes. Oh, it, 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 to me, it's ridiculous. And, and all on the basis of a game in 2012 that trialled it. Mm. I mean, uh, re- really? And, and those games are great, those um, Indigenous games that they play up at Carrara. They're, they're fantastic, but they're not a true indication of how the competition's going to play, how the coaches are going to coach their teams and how they're going to try and fudge everything that they possibly can to, to beat the referee. Um, those games are just played for fun. And to say that oh, I worked in that game, I think is a bit naive. Is there a chance of a ref strike? Uh, absolute last, last, last resort. It is. At the moment, we're, we're just trying to get involved in the discussion to tell them, you know, with one referee, they're going to be, Doing so many, so many more decisions, so many more meters, so much more work uh, that it could affect the game. We want to get involved in that dis- discussion. There were studies on it a number of years ago that uh, 2016 that we're trying to put in front of the, these people. I cannot see any possibility of a strike, but it is an option. You know, so- if, 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 you know, if you poke the bear too often and too hard, you just never know. And this squad, this referee squad, are unbelievably united. They are a force of one. They are fully behind each other. Uh, Matt Chechen went to the uh, the meeting, the Apollo think tank that uh, Annesley had today, and he's gone back and reported to the referees, and they are one unit. They're uh, very united. It's amazing. It's wonderful. So basically you're saying you just want to be consulted. You really are sounding like an Albury councillor right now. <laughs> <laughs> I got splinters right up my arm. <laughs> I'm sitting on the fence. No, look, I, they, they want to be consultant, but they also want to be heard. You know, the the greatest thing someone can do to you to, to show that they like you is to actually listen. Mm, that's and, true. Uh, you know, they're not listening. And so they obviously don't like them, but no one really likes referees. I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I want to ask you two things. First of all, um, how have, uh, anecdotally, how have the referees uh, taken to this news? Have they been shocked? Did they feel like something might have been coming or has it just been an absolute ambush? Oh, it's just, uh, this is a, another day, you know, same shit, different day. Yep. Um, you know, nothing's changed. They've, they've been treated like that for forever, basically, and uh, it's a bit disappointing. We thought we'd made uh, progress. Yep. Um, getting this uh, EBA in place to get getting the wages up a little bit uh, over the next few years. Um, we felt that the NRL were going to engage, and it just hasn't happened. So, you know, Silvio 
Delvecchio has been working his backside off. The, the referees really don't want to be um, burdened with all of this. You know, they, they're, they're not paying us. We're all volunteers. Yeah. Uh, but they've got us to do their bidding for them and uh, they they just want to get out on the field. Mate. They all want to get out. And some of these guys will will really fly and their, their wings will spread as one referee. Some will love it mm. um, and and maybe become better referees. But the game itself and uh, the referees as a whole. The other thing is these these guys who are just who will lose their job. They're casuals, they're part timers. Uh, from what we're hearing, you know, where are they going to go? There's not going to be any Queensland Queensland Cup for a while. There's yeah, not going to be it's any. True. Uh, it's true. Uh, New South Wales Cup. Uh, you know, as I said, they'll be out bricky labouring, uh, and then. It'll be another five years before those guys who have been refereeing in New South Wales Cup, Queensland Cup, have the opportunity to get up into grade. So it's going to be very hard to encourage them to stay in our game at that lower level when they're looking to in, improve their career and, and, and make the steps up to um, to first grade. Hey, Mike, just quickly, um, there's a pushback again from a couple of or a number of players about... Uh, vaccinations and flu vaccinations and the like. What's your take on that? If you if you were amongst the playing group right now with your love of rugby league, would you be taking the flu vax or would you? Can you see their point? Oh, I can see their point because it, I was saying as a 25 year old know it all. I refused <laughs> to sign the uh, drug testing uh, protocols that came in back then until they uh, got me in the tunnel. I said, mate, you're not going on. So you sign. Something to hide, you... Mike? Something to hide back then? <laughs> yeah. Well, I was running on 80, 1986, the new Cumberland Oval or whatever they called it, and Fitzy just said, Dennis Fitzgerald, the boss at Paramount, just said, mate, sit down or sign. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, that's what I think it's going to end up having to – I get them. I mean, at 25, you're six foot tall – well, seven foot tall and bulletproof, and yep. you know everything. Mm. Um these guys, and they've, they've been getting plenty. They treat treated like kings. Uh, but for the good of the game, good of the safety of the community, um, in this case, it's one in all then. If there was a modern-day Mike Eden, how would his Instagram game be these days? <laughs> would you be <laughs> mad? <laughs> Mate, I'm, I'm, I'm trying hard with the Instagram. I can't do it. I'm all right on the Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and those wombats on Twitter, oh, don't they go off? <laughs> I saw a few <laughs> of them. Had... The truth, they don't let the truth get in the way of anything, do they? No, nah, a few of them had a crack at you the other night. It was hilarious. I was watching that live. Oh. And what about oh, they're fantastic. How strong's your TikTok game? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mate, I've got my seniors card. I got, I got my, what about me? I'm looking forward to my 60th birthday on the 27th of March, and they closed everything down on that day. Oh, Absolutely no. But I got my seniors card. <laughs> Mate. I get 10% off at Muffin Break. <laughs> but shut. <laughs> It's actually closed down. <laughs> hey, mate, we um we can't let you go without asking when we do get back on the field. Who's your tip for the year? Oh, the Melbourne Storm, mate. Was, as long as they come back to Albury, <laughs> <laughs> don't like your chances. <laughs> All right, mate. Um, All right, thanks, once again, guys. thanks for joining us on Full Crew, the boys. Don't forget follow this champion bloke on Twitter at might. Mike Egan, Eden60. I think that's also his TikTok address. Yes. Thanks. <laughs> thanks. Thanks once again for joining us, mate. We appreciate your time.
fantastic. See you, boys. Full credit to the boys. Need a sparky, then make the call to NDF Electrical. Do you need electrical work done? NDF Electrical provides expert service and advice on a wide range of commercial and residential projects. With over 23 years experience, NDF Electrical have you covered for all your electrical needs from the Gold Coast, Tweedheads, Byron Bay and everywhere in between. For a free quote, go to ndfelectrical.com.au. NDF Electrical. Yes, thank you very much to Mike Eden for joining us tonight here at Full Credit, the boy said, but uh, now it's time for... Podcasting's number one segment in all the world, brought to you by the number one electrical company in all the world. It's time for this. We all want you to go grab a mirror. We're all hoping that you'll change your ways. And no message could be any clearer. If you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and make a change. Yes, with thanks to NDF Electrical up there on the far north coast of New South Wales, it's time for Grab a Mirrors. Don't forget, you can reply to my tweets around 7 o'clock, although today, 8.15, uh, with the use the hashtag, hashtag Grab a Mirror, hashtag GAM. I also do one around 3.30 today, 4.15. Um, <laughs> uh, Tuesdays only. Tuesdays only. Use the hashtag Grab a Mirror, hashtag GAM. Sid, I'm going to have a go first. Have a go. What do you got for us this week, former? Grab a Mirror. Looking forward to this one. News <laughs> Limited, Channel 7 and Channel 9. Okay. Now, in this day and age, we're reading stories that these websites are labelling as news. Yep. With those, doing those air quotes that you love to do, Sid. I love them. That if, when you read into them, they're nothing more than just rewrites of press releases or they make stories out of something someone in their own network has said. Are you joking? Or sometimes they even use social media posts or uh, just videos. TikTok that, videos? Uh, I wouldn't think so. Well, maybe. Um, but this week, Nine, Seven and News Limited hit absolute new lows when they all did a story about... Wait for it. Yeah. A porn video. <laughs> now, from what I've seen just week, this video has appeared on X Videos, Pornhub, X Tube, Ass Parade, Brazzers, X Hamster, XNXX, uh, Uporn, UJs, H Clips, TNA Flicks, Tube 8, Spank Bang, uh, Wank Flicks, Dr. Tuba, Spankwire, Keys Movies, uh, Nuvid, and Lobster Tube, Sid. They're yeah. the ones I've seen it on. <laughs> and like I said, somehow it's being reported as news. I'll just read the headline. Who was in this video? I want to know more. I'll read the headline. This is great clickbait. I'd click on this. Russian woman to wed stepson after stepson after divorcing his dad. Okay. It's at this point, Sid, I should point out, that bugger me dead, this wasn't a plot for one of the four million stepfather, stepmother, stepson or stepdaughter videos that's happened on Pornhub. This is actually happening. Yeah, mad. Bugger me dead, Sid. <laughs> Sid, finally, after the porn industry devoted thousands of hours of uh, porn video plots, finally it's actually happening. Life imitating art, imitating life. Popular Russian blogger, 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 um, Ivana Baitakokov mm-hmm. um, recently divorced her husband, Smirnov, and is now engaged <laughs> to her son from that marriage, 20-year-old, 20-year-old send my papa right off. Um, Wait, son? Stepson? Stepson. Okay, good, good, good. A former husband, Smirnov, was recently interviewed on popular Moscow morning show, Tadeski, uh, <laughs> about the night he first realised something was going on between his son and his wife. I could not fall asleep one night and I heard them having sex, he told host Yuri Stefanovic. He's African. Uh, (laughs) Then I understood that Marina was cheating on me with my son. 
A few minutes later, she just came and laid down next to me. I didn't tell her a word that night. <laughs> Husband said he did not know how to act after finding out about his wife's infidelity and waited weeks before confronting her about it. Uh, they've since separated, but Ivana this week posted a picture of herself with her stepson from 13 years ago when he was aged just seven, Ugh. hoping to win support. But it backfired instead with followers who clearly don't go to a porn hub, labelling her a filthy rock spider. <laughs> Um, the crazy part about all this, Sid, is that statistics show that 15% of the people taking pot shots at Ivana this week have all watched some sort of step family video on Pornhub this week. <laughs> so I'll just throw it there with a, a grab a mirror, all you rock throwers. Get off Pornhub and leave Ivana and send my popper alone and go back to watching Woody Allen movies. I love the Todayski show with <laughs> Carl Stefanovsky. It's great. Equal 10. At V underscore Vandalay. Art Vandalay. Hashtag grab a mirror, treasurer Josh Frydenberg, whose corona-like coughing and spluttering fit while reading out the nation's bleak financial future couldn't have come at a more convenient time. Hashtag no further questions. Hashtag I'm off to self-isolate. Hashtag might have infected my boss. Hashtag every clown has a silver lining. Very good. Equal 10. At NRL underscore the profits. Grab a mirror. Alan Jones's doctor, you magnificent bastard. Great <laughs> advice. Have you got any available appointments for at Buzz Rothfield? <laughs> Put him in it. Very good. Equal 10. At efficient, not lazy. Says, grab a mirror. Melbourne at AFL reporters, especially at Channel 7, for the massive about face on the at Joel Selwood 14 story. <laughs> One day it was hilarious him using his wife to mop up the floor. The next, it was an absolute disgrace. Quicker U-turn than an at FCTDB stats lab employee approaching an RBT. Hashtag make up your mind. <laughs> That's just popped up in, what, 25 different people's notifications? He's mentioned everyone there. Good job. Equal 10. At tool is God 777. Grab a mirror, the at Adelaide underscore FC. Put the minute. He actually wrote, I put the minute. <laughs> well done. For almost derailing the restart of the AFL season, you magnificent bastards. As a Queenslander living in Adelaide, I'm so over the pro-crow media, it's just like living in Brisbane and putting out with Broncos supporters. Hashtag talk other codes down. I totally agree, but I can't wait to see the Dockers come back. <laughs> Don't Google that. Equal 10. Uh, at four shits and gigs. Lots of Zs in it. Shits and gigs. Um, hashtag grab a mirror at Fox Sports AUS and at Fox NRL. Staff writers. If, oh, yeah. If you're going to write a story talking shit about a player, stop acting like a fake private Insta account in the comment section and put your name to it. Ironic that you probably don't put it on because you don't want people judging you online. 100% why. Equal 10. At... Lambretta GP 1971. He's doing God's work, Lambretta. Hashtag grab a mirror, Justin Holbrook, you magnificent bastard. Uh, just had to Google that. Justin Holbrook's the Gold Coast coach. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> the NRL season started <laughs> 10 weeks ago, and the Titans have only lost twice. This turnaround in fortunes is a miracle. Good point. I can't see you losing before May 28th either. Hashtag miracle, hashtag coaching genius, hashtag level with the roosters. They're my tip top four this year, Gold Coast. <laughs> Good luck. Get on that. Kick off now, boys. Nine. Hey, we're up to nine. At Bushman, B-U-S-C-H, 
M-A-N-87. It's German. Grab a mirror, patriotic conspiracy theorists that can't come up with Australian-made conspiracies. (laughs) I love a good conspiracy theory. Eight. At Ms underscore meh. Good friend of the show. Hashtag grab a mirror. Do you want me to sing it for you? Nah. Okay, continue. Nah, she wants business. Hashtag grab a mirror. Lay people who are not getting their medical advice from a boss and founder of a beach gang. (laughs) (laughs) Who's to say a former pro surfer turned gangbanger, now based in Bali, doesn't have a medical science degree? You've clearly all been mind controlled by the government. Hashtag sheeple. Hashtag 5G. Hashtag hoax. He's a medical influencer. That's (laughs) way more important than a doctor. Seven. At MP6868. Grab a mirror. Anyone in Darwin who doesn't take advantage of Friday's two-hour drink at a pub with a meal rule by spending 10 hours on Saturday visiting five different pubs eating five chicken parmigianas. Oh, it's like a dream come true. And drinking more beers than a thirsty block of roach. Hashtag need a draft beer. I can't wait till that happens in this stupid state we live in. Six. At Bo... Boemic 2. Oh, yeah. B-O-B-O-I-E-M-C squared. Yeah, all the handles, the good handles have been taken ages ago. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag grab a mirror, birds. You you literally have all the 3D space to fly in, but somehow end up flying in front of my ute. (laughs) Hashtag feather explosion. Hashtag nearly as dumb as an NRL player. Hashtag it's called social distancing. It's so true. They've got all that open space and they're always running into glass doors and shit. I'll fly four feet from the ground across (sighs) this road. Stupid. What are we up to? Let's press this one. Five. At Andrew RLP. Another good friend of the show. Hashtag grab a mirror fashion. Um, he's put in a story here where it says the ideal penis size has grown and shrunk through history and now small penises may be back in fashion. Oh, how stoked are you? Send me, call me trendsetter. That'd be the only thing fashionable about you. Um, hashtag grab a mirror fashion. Just when it comes... Seems some aspect of me was fashionable. You go and change the game by making tiny dicks fashionable. Oh, right. yeah, a humble mate. brag there. Hashtag TikTok cock. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, good one, mate. Yeah, he's, you know, since he's lost all that weight. Mate. Thinks he's God's gift. Mate, I'd like to see the, the shadow of his dick. He probably just hasn't seen it for ages. <laughs> probably thinks it's big. It's not that big, man. Actually, when we talk to him later, we'll Skype him. I'll ask him. Yeah. Get it out. Well, you're not coming on the show. Four. Uh, at Triff, eight one. I can't remember putting this one in, but anyway, whatever. <laughs> Hashtag grab a mirror. It sounds like you're going in blind here. Are you at, quickly scanning it before it goes to air? <laughs> Hashtag grab a mirror at Scott Morrison MP. Uh, yeah, here we go. We'll just piss off the Prime Minister. Put him in it. Good. <laughs> How come remedial massage parlours can open, but the happy ending massage parlours can't? <laughs> Only difference is I pay Wendy has a wang to get me off instead of doing it myself. I don't, need, I don't need to know any of this. <laughs> and getting kicked out and banned. Hashtag I'm barred from a shopping centre. He's barred from this podcast. <laughs> Triff, you're out. That's it. You're talking my language, my friend. <laughs> All right, can I have a go now? Yeah, I'm waiting for this. All right. You've built it up. Grab a mirror, Peter. The people for oh. the ethical what's treatment his, of animals. What's his last name? Yeah, not, not the Peter that you were thinking I was going to say. Peter File. What a bunch of weirdos they are over at Peter, the people for ethical treatment of animals. They recently brought out a list of phrases they want people to use instead of what they deem as anti-animal language. Can't offend animals now. Yeah, we can't offend animals. Animals are people too. For example, 
Peter suggests that instead of saying to kill two birds with one stone, we should instead say feed two birds with one scone. (laughs) I don't know why. I'm not sure which birds are getting offended by that. But anyway, instead of saying flogging a dead horse, we should say feeding a fed horse. That to me would be cruelty to animals, former. You're forcing a, a horse to eat when it's already fed. You're a feeder. These are mixed messages from Peter. Instead of taking the bull by the horns, we should all be saying, taking the flower by the thorns. Wouldn't think so. I'll be up. Instead of saying, bringing home the bacon, we should all say, Mm. bringing home the bagels. (laughs) Bad substitute there. That'll catch on. Who wrote that one? Uh, These people are idiots, but there's plenty of Bryce Cartwrights out there that just lap this shit up, former. (laughs) This week, animal rights activists in Scotland have attacked a blind man for having a guide dog, saying the animal did not give its consent and that it should be out there playing in the fields instead of walking. This is why I'm working. keen just to jump off the earth at the moment. I know, right? It's gone to shit. Uh, Jonathan Attenborough, who was born blind, said he was having a few pints in a little bar in Ecclefechan in northern Scotland. Watch your language here, mate. Please. With his three-year-old guide dog sitting on the floor having a grand old time when he was approached by a woman yelling at him that the dog never gave consent. Jonathan was like a slave owner and should let the dog roam free. Jonathan said he's never seen... He was shocked by the woman's behaviour. He said he's never seen anything like it. In fact, he's never seen anything at all. Police want to question this woman for this brazen attack. Uh, She was described by Jonathan as whiny and smelling like brandy. (laughs) If you see anyone that fits that description, contact Ecclefeckin' Police, because I'm Ecclefeckin' sick of this. That's it. Grab a mirror. Three. At Geordie, ATR. As long as it's not ATM. Um, Hashtag grab a mirror. Anyone that partakes in UFC. If I wanted to get bloody and sweaty on the ground whilst trying to wrestle my way out of a rear naked choke, I'd go to my uncle's place. That's my favourite move, the rear naked choke. (laughs) I know. I used to to get kicked out of BJJ training because I'd do it naked. Well, I I believe you got kicked out of... um, Fernwood for the very same reason. Yeah. I didn't know it was an all-girls class that I turned up to and did rear naked chokes. Anyway. Two. It's before the courts. At MGRAZ2005. Give him a follow. MGRAZ2005. Hashtag grab and mirror bike manufacturers. In these unprecedented times, (laughs) I too decided to work on my health and fitness. Started walking and also bought a bike. But those bike seats are completely shite. Ah, oh, they kill. I feel like I've had a loose night at the Mardi Gras. Do they make bikes for heteros? <laughs> what about people getting the shits with bike manufacturers? <laughs> uh, what got number one this week? One. This bloke's been in some rare form. At biggest for Lou. Hashtag grab a mirror, BP servos. The standards of cards and flowers on Mother's Day was pathetic. <laughs> You've had a year to prepare yourself, and they were still rubbish. Plus, the jumbo sausage roll for mum's lunch was frozen in the middle. Oh, no. Tough to eat when you've got no teeth. Hashtag going to Caltex next year. Hashtag travel a pie next time. Well done. We all want you to go grab a mirror. We're all hoping that you'll change your way. No message could be any clearer. If you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and make a change.
All right, Sid, it's time to do this. Well, with no round to review, it's uh, always good to still talk to, well, the the game's premier statistician. It's time to talk to this man. He's the stat man. It's Andrew Ferguson from a rugby league project. You can find him on Twitter at Andrew RLP. You can listen to his podcast, Fergo and the Freak, or you can go to one of the greatest uh, rugby league websites in the greatest, the greatest, um, and it is rugbyleagueproject.org. Welcome to the show, Andrew. How are you, brother? Mate, going great, guys. How are you guys going? Very, wow. very well, thank you. We just read a tweet from you about your monster slong. Yeah. Yeah, well, let's say I've got small hands and I can see the fucker for the <laughs> Yeah, I think I said something similar, so we're all good there. Listen, mate, um, we're going to do a, a top five of stats. What's your top five stats this week? Uh, halves who have the worst win-loss record playing opposite James Maloney. Yeah, Ooh, good one. Interesting. Old uh, Jimmy would, wouldn't have finished behind too many of them, mate. Um, Full credit to the boys' very own James Maloney. Yeah, let's start at... Uh, Remember that time we rang him at our first live show? Yeah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> that went horrible. <laughs> let's start with this. Five. What do you got? Number five is Ben Roberts. He played three games against Maloney and lost all three of them. <laughs> Good. Saying that, he, he lost all three against most halves he played against. So, <laughs> you know. Four. Who's number four? Uh, Brock Lamb also played three games against Maloney and lost all three. Good one. Had some raps on Brock Lamb. They did, didn't they? Did, being the operative word. Three. Number three is Riley Jacks. Again, Three games against Maloney, lost all three. I think two were five-eighth and one a half-back. So he even tried to mix it up and still failed. <laughs> two. Number two, we've got Travis Burns. Also, three games for three losses against Maloney. Jeez, he's, he's, he's kept a couple to z- a few to zero. Yeah, but he was a good player. Who's your number one worst player against James Maloney? One. This will shock a few people. Mitchell Moses. <laughs> <laughs> How many cracks did Mitch have? Mitch has had seven goes, six of five, eight, one and a half back, lost every single one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Do you uh, work backwards on all these stats? You just find something bad to say about Mitch Moses and then build the question around it? No, no, no. <laughs> Maybe. Very, Maybe. Cynical, very, cool, very cynical question from Sid. <laughs> all right, mate. Um, thank you for joining us once again. Uh, I'm glad to hear work slowing down a little bit. You're only doing 20,000 steps a day, which is good news. Um, and I've started to see shit of paper on the on the shelves, but still no membership packs. Full credit, boys, membership packs. And you're looking fit too. <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm, I'm trying my best. No, you're doing well. I can also see the shoes too, which is helpful. <laughs> Makes everything look bigger when you look smaller. Yeah, I need some oh, tips. Does, man. It really does. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. We'll talk to you next week. Don't forget you can follow Andrew on Twitter at AndrewRLP. You can listen to his podcast, Fergo on the Freak. And you can also uh, visit his website and maybe contribute through Patreon, rugbyleagueproject.org. Thank you, Andrew Ferguson. We'll talk to you next week, champion. Cheers, guys. He's the stat man. All right, it's time for this. Grow the sack, open the sack, empty the sack. The boy sack. Yeah, it's the boy sack mail and feedback time. Just having a look. I'm still leading the tipping comp after 10 weeks. Well, I think you're coming second. Anyway, <laughs> try not to break things here in the studio, please. <laughs> um, no five-star reviews this week. 
Um, but please go on there and leave us a five-star review. Yes. Now, anything else you want to um, talk about? Yeah, membership packs. It was selling out yet again. I've ordered some more from our good friends at mareinc.com.au. Go there for all your stuff. Um, if you buy a membership this week, uh, well, I'm saying get in and buy one because mm. next week we will be giving away a copy of a rugby league book about to hit the market. Mm. We'll be talking about that book and talking with the author and uh, we'll send one of our members the said copy of that book and we'll also chuck in a full credit to the boys live show, Better Than Lego, John's Brothers live show t-shirt. Yes. So go and become a member. I think there's one I still haven't sent out. Sorry to whoever you are, but I'm just pretending it was Australia Post's fault. <laughs> just me being lazy. Um, anything else before we head off into the sunset? Thank you very much to Mike Eden, I must say. Yes, a great, uh, we thought lovely we'd get guy. Him, thought it was a good time to get him back on, given the uh, current plight of Aubrey and the referees and the fact that he's got two thumbs in both those pies. Uh, <laughs> is there anything else we need to talk about? I don't think so. Please don't tie me this week, Rugby League. Please. Yeah. I'm just begging you. Um, then it could be worse. could be a rugby union fan, whatever. Exactly. Anything else? No, nah, that's all. Let's get out of here. Well, as I say, informer, you know, say daddy, me snow, me, I go blame. A licky boom, boom down. Detective man, I say, say daddy, me snow, me stab somebody down the lane. A licky boom, boom down. Good night. Good night, Australia. Baby, am I gonna see some-